All right, everybody, welcome back to The Moderate Majority with James and Zach for our episode 21, the final one of our <laughs> of our first season, uh, The State of Play Part D. Yeah. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. It's been I a while. We took, like, we took three like three weeks, weeks off. <laughs> well, COVID struck again. Yeah, Omicron, Omicron B... A5 or whatever. 4A22-19. Whatever that one hit my oldest kid. Uh, somehow, again, it avoided everybody else in the house. Not quite sure. <laughs> and Zach, uh, oh, I'm sorry, and James ran for the hills. Uh, Zach's like, hey, you want to do the podcast? No, Zach, you're <laughs> contagious as shit. I was like, want to go do it where my kid's isolating and has BA5? No, Zach, you're, you're terrible. Uh, you're, uh, you're, yeah, you were like, I'm sure you're dead. Keep your Genghis green wounds away from me, <laughs> sir. And then we had some other stuff come up. So yeah, we finally got here. We we had wanted to. Uh, We're limping into this thing. Yeah, we had wanted to originally uh, do a roundtable. Uh, we couldn't make that work with the COVID and when people were ready and the COVID and then pushing it back over three weeks when other people were ready and the COVID. So and now school starting for some people. Yeah, yeah, August twenty fourth for yeah. some people in other places of the country. I think it's already started. August fifteenth is I think isn't L A starting August fifteenth? I don't know. That's I crazy. Want to say August fifteenth. I know in the Midwest they're like in the <laughs> we South. love school. Yeah, yeah. They they they're like already going back. I think. Anyway, um, we decided that that we wanted to do a nice bookend to this whole thing. Uh, we started off with our pilot episode, the state of play. Where we looked at where Americans felt like things were at, mm-hmm. uh, their position on certain major issues. Uh, some of those issues have been uh, intervened with over the last, uh, what, eight months? Is that where we're at? Yeah, no, about nine months, because we started, started this thing in early December. So, um, yeah, where, where are Americans at today with everything? How is mm-hmm. the, the kind of... Uh, the field of play changed. Has it changed? Are Americans any more, any more in tune with what's actually going on and how things work now? Uh, is there a moderate majority? <laughs> are we, are we wasting our time? <laughs> James is nodding yes. It was the first time. Everything else was no. So, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna keep bashing our heads against a brick wall till we pass out. And so. Somebody comes over and curbs us to put us out of our misery. Um, we're going to keep doing this. And and I don't know why. Maybe because we're gluttons for punishment. We decided. Well, we we come, love wasting little time that we have. Yeah, we come back after Labor Day. It's like I have no time. You have even less time than I do. And we yet we continue to carve out time to do this. Yeah, when we come back after Labor Day, we're, we're going to start looking at battleground races. And setting up midterm, uh, midterm you know, candidates and who's going head to head. And just kind of what they're about, what platform they're running on, uh, we're going to try and keep our opinions to a minimum. We just want to kind of set the... Really? I, well, yeah. I mean, if we, <laughs> really? if we sit there and we're like, this is who's running against who, and we name their platforms, I kind of feel like if you're a rational, moderate person, you should hear what their platform is and be like... Oh, I'm, I'm sure of that, but I think we can draw conclusions. Oh, okay, that's sure. A fucking, that's fine. That's, that's a nutty position to like, have. Like, 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 are you telling me that I have to stay... Like neutral on Ron Johnson? No, no, no. That's just, impossible. No, no. I'm just saying, like, like, or yeah, yeah that's or a the fact that, Like the the Republicans in Arizona nominated every 
election denier yeah, and pro-Trumper I, for every major, I stay major on office. That? I'm not staying neutral on that guy. Well, I mean, and did you see, I was just looking at the, the polling. I think Hobbs is like, now, because it's Lake, it's like six or seven points ahead. I'm like, here's a, unless something drastic or crazy happens, here's a, here's a, a blueprint for how you throw away your position of power in a state. Yeah. By electing wackadoos that can't move on. I mean, but let's 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 give let's give just a quick nod though to the Arizona Republican primary. It was at least split. I mean, most of those most the the Lake race was like I think under thirty thousand votes in the end, or somewhere around was there. It? I didn't see the final numbers. Yeah, I. I know when they they were they didn't know it was like twelve thousand. She had a twelve thousand vote lead. Yeah. So half of the Republicans were like, "Dear God, please don't, please don't do this, please don't do and this." And slightly, oh, you did it. Slightly, <laughs> slightly more than that. Many Republicans in Arizona were like, "Oh, we're doing this. We're yeah, doing this. we're, we're doubling down. <laughs> yeah, we're taking this shit over. We're taking this shit over. Yeah. Yes, it's our time to shine, baby boys. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we'll see how that works for them. Yeah. I think Kelly's ahead of McMaster's by like eleven points in polling. <laughs> I think it's broken broken the polls. Yeah. We've never seen anybody this far ahead. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Uh, if Democrats watch it have a plus or minus of fourteen and he loses, <laughs> yeah, if Democrats needed a gift. This was it. I mean, yeah, I'm no, for saying, sure. Like, just... I mean, I think what's scaring me the most about uh, what we're seeing within the Republican Party is it's almost like they're conceding the big races and they're going after the state apparatus. Of course, you know, and that scares the shit out of me because that would mean January sixth has a chance of actually happening. Yeah, you know this, what I mean? This the, time the, the, the legal theories behind January 6th actually have a Yeah, this time, when, this, this time when they call the states, something doesn't get certified. Or, yeah, or yeah. we're not going to certify it, and it's going to create a legal battle. But then, you know, we got to couple that with what the Supreme Court's going to hear, of whether or not the courts have a role in elections. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like, they're, they're gonna thank have, you for making They're, your... they're, they're going to have to at yeah. that point, because you can't... I think the Supreme Court is really interested in, like, lightening their, their caseload. You know, like, we don't want to hear any more about abortion, dude. We're done. You know, yeah. I just want to chill out, drink my <laughs> pina coladas, just chill out, collect this government paycheck. And now they're like, ah, man, let's get out of the election business, dude. Let's not even hear anything. No courts have any 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 role in, in, in that. You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous, like, that this is even a thing that's, yeah. that they've even said, oh, yeah, we'll hear it. Like, that's what people fail to understand is, like, they decided to hear this well, case. Well, they're, they're going to be in trouble when... Because that's a political question. They're going to they're gonna be in trouble when people vote in this country. And if we're in a situation where a Trumper gets into one of those election roles and is elected that and decides not to certify an election but cannot produce any evidence of fraud, like, they never can. Um, and the court system and then the Supreme Court says... Yeah, we don't have a role in this. It's up to the legislatures. That's when all hell is going to break loose. I mean, that's when you have blood in the streets because, I mean, and then and then they've they've officially they've officially uh, ruled themselves out of a job and a nation. <laughs> I don't think this court. <laughs> and realized, a society. I don't think they really care. I don't think this court has a has. A, is has it a, possible a, that there are people that want to be on the Supreme Court that want to like the people who want to be in government but want to but are there to break it? Like you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, we're seeing it within the. Well, well, what was what, what was what was uh, Offerman's character's name in Parks and Rec? I never saw. Ron I never watched the show. Yeah. The, the first pilot episode, he literally goes, he's he's the head of the Parks and Rec government uh-huh. for the City of Party. He's like, he's like, I don't even believe in government. He goes, my, he goes, honestly, he goes, I think it's a waste of time. He goes, I took this job because I hope within five to ten years to completely send the park system all the way over to privatization. 
and I was like, the... and I was like, literally, that is, I'm like, are there Supreme Court justices that just want to break the court system in general? Like, like there are people yeah. running on the right who just want to go to break the federal government and send everything back to the states. It's kind of been their thing since Reagan, right? It's, yeah, it's been their thing since Reagan that. The federal government can do. I mean, I, I don't know. Think since John C. Calhoun and Jeff Davis, I don't know if you've been following. <laughs> they took a break for a while. I don't know if you've been following the uh, the constitutional the the constitutional uh, convention movement that's going oh, yeah, on on the yeah. right, where Rick Santorum's a really big guy in that now. Yeah, since he lost his job at CNN, he had to find another job. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was um he he was he was recorded. It's really funny because they had these like behind the door uh, closed door meetings and. And uh, he's on a recording. They just reported this last weekend. I think the Washington Post and the New York Times ran pretty good articles on this. And he uh, he was reported as saying, or was heard saying, that uh, the whole point of this is to get your hands around the federal government's neck, right? They have these metaphors where the federal government has to be, I mean, we saw this strangled, with uh, yeah. strangled, uh, what is it, uh, drowned in a bathtub from the, you know, from the right. uh, tax guys, uh, or anti-tax guys of the 1980s. Like, they have this very violent, you know, usage of metaphors against the federal government that I mean, smacks of smacks of um, <laughs> I don't know what that noise was but it's he, he, didn't, he didn't like it he, yeah, like he doesn't like saying. what I'm saying yeah. but um, uh, the smacks of like you know violence and, and, and possible more insurrection and well, you're just we, like dude we talked about that on the, on the, on the episode with a, a well regulated militia for an uncivil society right this yeah. starts in like the late 60s 70s yeah in on you know these more radicalized elements of the right yeah. you know with you know the revolt in cincinnati the tax all this like 1776 right. violent yeah. revolutionary type of language yeah. against things they no, love yeah, the constitution I, so much they have to destroy it yeah they love the constitution so much they didn't study it and they yeah. don't understand about the articles of confederation how what they're trying to do again failed not once at the inception of our country but twice with the confederacy which tried to run the same thing. And how'd that go against a foreign power? Not good. Yeah. How did it go against themselves? Not good. Well, I think my biggest fear with the court is that they're giving a huge nod to this, you know, states' rights movement that will culminate probably with the Constitutional Convention movement. You know, they'll, they'll, they've already married. You know, they, they, these right. movements are coming together like we've never really seen before. And so with the Supreme, with a friendly Supreme Court saying, yeah, that's a state issue. That's a state issue. And like, listen, we've gone over, I think we've mentioned it at least in passing with a lot of these, con like the legitimate conservative judges like Roberts, who is, I think, a jurist. I mean, he made his bones arguing states' rights in the 1970s and 80s on election, like election rights. Like right. states have the right to run their own elections. We should, you know, they shouldn't have to send their election laws to the FBI, you know, civil rights, you know, division, DOJ civil rights division to basically say like, hey, we're not excluding anybody anymore. Jim Crow's dead. Right. You know, he was the guy who was spearheading the, the legal argument of fighting against that. No one should ever have to send their their election laws to to Washington ever again. They should run whatever elections they want to run. Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing with this, without more out in the open the, and the Trumpyism, like. So to lose a state like Arizona sets them back on that goal, you know. Oh, for sure. I, mean, I don't think they're they're going to get the constitution. There's just mathematically they're not going to get the constitution. They were convention. close at one point. They're really yeah. Close. They have like I think they're like close. they have like they're in their they're in like 19 states now, 20 some states. It it, it it ebbs and flows based on even the Republican parties within these states going, right. hey man, you're getting a little crazy wacky over there. We're, we like the way it is now, right? But I think the more we push 
the moderates or the you know, the conservatives that I don't necessarily agree with, but I can have a conversation with right. and I can compromise with, you know, as they get pushed out into the margins and you take, you know, you know, the wackos take, take you know, take the will, then we're, we're in some serious shit. I mean, that's the problem with this election cycle. I mean, I think we've, 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 we've heard it from every person that, that, um, on both the right and the left. I mean, you know, it's, it's a far cry when you have GW coming out saying, hey, this is a pretty important election. You got to vote. Right. You know, and I'm not a big Trump fan. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the best he's wow. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, uh, when, when you're hearing that this is, this is the pivotal election and you have to vote regardless of you wanting to, or regardless of how you feel about politicians or Washington DC in general, I mean, you know, you have to continue to vote in order to have the vote. Right. <laughs> So that's 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 in a place that I never thought we would be in this country, you know. Right. All right. So we uh, we talked about before we did this that we were just gonna throw in a quick Ukrainian update within our intro section. Um, basically, U.S. continues to send money, weapons, more HIMARS. Um, the British as well too. Uh, those are definitely having an effect on the battlefield. Uh, there's been pr- a pretty big stalemate. Some localized counterattacks by Ukrainians in the Izium area and continues in the north, northwest of Kyrgyzstan. Um, the Russians have now responded by moving troops from other areas over to the southern front in Kyrgyzstan and Zaporizhia, uh, which means that Ukraine is now dictating the uh, kind of the initiative and the table of battle, which it has never done before. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple months there. Um, it was. It's interesting too. We have in the we we have a couple polls that we're going to go over today. So we did an Ipsos uh, Reuters poll um, that James has some numbers on that was from the first and second of August, and um, I have in my hands the Economist YouGov poll, which was July thirtieth to August second, and then um, so we're going to go over those at a, at a couple different points. Uh, when we go over the state of play to see where people are at. But we're going to talk about, um, in our next section when we come back from our break, uh, the uh, legislation um, that is actually being voteramed right now as we speak in Washington and has been since last night. Um, the uh, re- reduce the Infl- Reduce Inflation Act or Reduction of Inflation Act, I think it's what called. You, what were you be, calling this in our it, it, would, it would baby build back baby better. Baby build back better. Um, also, BBB. Yeah, yeah, the four Bs. That's, so that looks like it's going to get through. Pretty big deal on a couple things. So we're going we're gonna to talk about what's in that bill, um, what, it can, what it can do for you. We have three different articles uh, from uh, different uh, contributors at CNN.com on exactly just what's in the bill, uh, what it means for regular people. But we're also gonna talk about kind of what Joe Biden has done up to this point too, with legislation, um, jobs, unemployment. Obviously everybody knows about inflation right now. And then once we kind of have that table set, we'll take another break and we'll come back and we'll look at where Americans are at with different things uh, between these two polls. So um, yeah, don't forget about Ukraine. Those folks are still fighting, working hard, Uh, the West, uh, which is also stuff that we'll talk about when we talk about some of his accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, still going down. So when we come back, we'll hit on uh, what laws, bipartisan or otherwise, have been passed underneath the administration where jobs are, unemployment, and some of the foreign policy uh, things and situations that we're, we're now in. And then we'll go from there. All right, we'll catch you guys when we come back. 
All right, everybody, welcome back to The Moderate Majority with James and Zach. In our episode 21, The State of Play Part D. Mm, D. Two, two, bro. D. <laughs> this ain't no France, bro. <laughs> All right. It's America. Let's talk about, before we get into this, uh, this new bill uh, with the healthcare and climate packages that are in there, um, and actually the Economist YouGov poll uh, actually ask specific questions to their uh, their polling people about the elements that are in this bill. So we're going to be able to talk about what's in it and then how Americans are saying they feel about it, um, which will be interesting because I believe when I looked at there were some contradictions there as well, which is, if you know anything, that's, that's America. All right. I guess let's start off uh, real simple, Jay, with Joe. Joey yeah. Joe. Yeah. Mr. Biden. Uh, so we were at 6.4% unemployment. <laughs> that's that's what most people's faces look like when you're trying to tell them, tell them, drop them knowledge. Six point four percent unemployment when he took over. Yeah. Uh, currently, after the July report, which was supposed to be uh, absolutely dismal, I think Larry Kudrow, Trump's former guy, was like going to be less than a hundred thousand votes. He was on Fox Business. Hundred thousand. I'm sorry, hundred thousand yeah. jobs created. Yeah. Uh, this is we're in the middle of a horrible recession. Yeah. And then it was it was five hundred twenty eight thousand jobs created, added, yeah. and we were down. Well, to in all fairness, even the Biden White House said, "Hey, look, let's let's not set the bar too high. We don't know exactly how these numbers are going to come in. We're thinking they're going to be it. No, they're lowballing the estimate, and they come in pretty fucking high." Even Joe was like, "Hey, man, I got COVID. I'm still going to come out and brag about <laughs> yeah, this yeah, shit, bro." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so six point four percent unemployment, and now after eighteen months in office, he's got three. He's got the country at three point five percent unemployment which is where it was prior to the train wreck and economic disaster that was you yes. know, brought about by the Trump administration not mitigating the pandemic. I'd also like to put out there for people who keep going, oh, it's because the, there was a pandemic. We're still in a fucking pandemic. No, yeah, I mean, you, you know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this idea that like, oh, well, Trump had to deal with something that Joe didn't. No, bullshit. Trump didn't get vaccines out. Joe did. Trump didn't mitigate or come up with a standard for people to operate by, whether they followed it or not. Joe did. Um, in fact, if you look at when it goes well, to I the think polling... That's one, can I just interject yeah. one second? I think that's one of the reasons why you're seeing... Obviously, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but one of the reasons why you're seeing a strong job market is that this is the market's reality of navigating through a pandemic. Right. Which is, we have to hire more people because... It's just by numbers of attrition at this point. You're going to lose some folks, and you can't shut down. You can't not do the job that people think that are paid are paying you to do. And you know, if you're in service economy. You have to continue to service. You're in the manufacturing sector. You got to you know continue to meet those goals. We continue to have folks go out. You know, get sick, can't work. You know, I mean, so you have to hire more people. This is a, a wonderful market reaction of, hey man, it might not be the best political climate, but we're still going to fucking hire. You know, because right. we have to do it. Um, and let's, we can't, we're not. I mean, I can't speak past the idea that listen, corporations are sitting on a ton of cash right now, not just because inflation and they're jacking their prices, but we forget that they had a really favorable tax code that Trump passed. Right. Where they didn't even know what to fucking do with the money, right? A lot of corporations were like, "Dude, we don't, we don't need this." So we saw what, stock buybacks, all this stuff, one-time payments to employees. Um, so they have cash to operate. They have cash to hire people. You know what I mean? So it's right. not like they're. This is not a cash-rich environment for corporations. I, I, I've seen people uh, bitching and complaining or responding to these numbers and 
you know, trying to trash the president and administration. Like, There's no way you can do it. Well, these are these are jobs that were already there. Oh, good job. You brought us back to net zero. And it's like Trump had Trump had 10 months. He had 10 months from when things really well, he had two months where he could have gotten his shit together longer than that. Actually, December, we found out they were already talking about. So four months where he had time to prepare for this. If you want to go back, it's November, possibly October in China where we knew something. Okay, so five, five, six months to prepare for this didn't. He had 10 months after the initial just crash of job losses, right? If this was so easy to do. Because come back, right? And he, this guy was not shutting things down. He refused to shut anything down. So We had two weeks, I think, of a shutdown. Yeah, we have... We in had, all fairness, we had about two weeks of, like, everybody stay home. We had curfews, all that stuff. Right. Nine, we were we were down nine point something million jobs by the time yeah. he was out of office Pretty in ten much. months. So, so all that time after that first hit, and we're at net negative nine point something, right? So this is the thing. When you have to keep digging administrations that burn the house on fire down, it doesn't get built back up that easily. Mm-hmm. It's like when you it's it's like when you put on weight, it comes really fast. You can put on thirty pounds in in two weeks if you try hard enough. It's just straight towards me, bro. Try it's, get try getting try getting. 30, I don't appreciate the fat jokes, bro. <laughs> try, try get <laughs> try getting thirty pounds off. Try getting thirty pounds off in, in two months. Try yeah, it. It's, it's You're going to have to yeah. bust your ass. Yeah. It's going to have to be like your main dedication. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, With some dizzy spells. Right. And so, like, and uh, the point being that, like, you know, that's four, that's four times, eight times the mm-hmm. amount of time it takes. It, it always takes longer to recover from something like that. So where are we at with this administration and unemployment? We start at 6.4%. We're down to 35 Yeah. I, I don't know what else you can ask for. Aside from the pre-pandemic level... The, the farthest you can go back to get these numbers is 1969, you know? And then the administration... Isn't it, isn't it anything under 5% is technically yeah, considered yeah, full employment? Yeah, yeah. The administration has added 9.5 million jobs in 18 months, yeah. which is an average of 529,000 jobs a month, which is, in modern American times, no president has averaged that high amount of jobs. Yeah, and conceding a point where some of those jobs are people getting back into them, I'll con- you know what I mean, or... or I'll concede that point, but it wasn't. How can I say this? We we had a we had a president who was really just committed to uh, trying to get reelected after the election. Yeah, nothing's wrong. Nothing's <laughs> wrong. But 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 can I say this because I I hate this argument from people about well this had to come back, uh, the Great Depression. So then FDR is not a good president because all those jobs were just jobs that eventually needed to come back. Mm-hmm. The Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not a big deal. Re- not a big deal leading an economic recovery because those jobs were just going to naturally come back. That's bullshit. It takes it takes specific levers of government and government working with private, you know, private industry mm-hmm. uh, and networking that between states to be able to pull that off. You have to have somebody who's sane behind the wheel and knows what they're doing economically. Um, you know, if that was the case, that it would just happen. Then there would have been no FDR and, you know, Harding and uh, Coolidge and Hoover would have been just fine. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't. They kept doing what they were doing and it got worse and worse and well, worse. Well, I think, and, yeah, I mean, the people are the final final arbitrators of that. You know what I mean? And 
So, at least back in the day, they were. So I'm saying they voted these guys out. I'm for saying to be in the situation down. with the pandemic still raging, with, with a global supply issue, with the global economic issues in all these countries, to go from six point four percent to three and a half percent unemployment in eighteen months, and to add nine point five million jobs when everybody is shitting on you and saying you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when we get to the econo- the, ec- the Economist YouGov poll. Uh, the number two most important thing is jobs and unemployment. And then you should see how people rate. You it's should the see, number you one, should, and the Ipsos you, is you the should, number one thing as well. Economy, unemployment, and jobs. Yeah, you should see how, you should see how Ipsos rates him. Yeah. Or Ipsos and the Yeah, economy, there's a lot of people, contradictions in this. How things. people rate him. Yeah. So I'm like, what, what else do you want from the, from the guy? Yeah, well... On, on, on jobs and unemployment... What else do you want from the guy? Like, listen, I, I, I what, what else can you do, Jay? Five hundred and twenty-nine thousand jobs a month and, and and unemployment cut in half. I think, like, what do you, what, what do you, what do you want? What do they expect? Are we supposed to be on a two percent? A cookie? Or are we supposed to be adding a million jobs a month? Um, because here's the thing, too. What what has what are the people who are trying to stop inflation wanting in the market? They're saying they want low job numbers. And a reduction in increased wages, right? I just read an article that the Fed was hoping to God that the job numbers would be under two hundred and fifty thousand, and that the numbers for increase in wages would be under five percent. And if it was, they felt like they could take their foot off the pedal. What they were terrified of was these numbers, and it, the wage increase being like six over six percent. Now the wage increases stayed the same, basically the same, went from five point one to five point two. But I'm sorry, man, people working. And that's another thing in this. We'll get to this in this thing that talks to the people who have jobs and like 80% of them are happy or very happy in their jobs. Yet they're bitching about the job market. Yeah. So like, again, it's not lining up. I I feel like people are angry. Americans are angry and they want to be angry at somebody. And the news has told them who they should be angry at. The news has told them that we're in a recession and we and, it, and well, this can we back up? Let's back up for a second. I'm sorry, I just have to throw that. I, that I just want to. I just want to back up for a second. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think um, if we were going to have a show next week, I would insist on it being about the Fed and the Fed's response to this because I think it's been absolutely shitty. I think that raising interest rates. Well, we talked about is, this off off the uh, show, yeah, but it's absolutely. And I, I think we text, and I was like, they're really looking at the demand side to try to decrease the demand for goods and services the only problem is dude is like this is a supply side issue exactly so they're, 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 they're attacking you're, you're it the attacking, wrong way you're attacking the demand side of like you're making it more expensive for people to live like thinking well then they'll just slow down the economy but not too much but just enough that you know because we're doing a you know a, a three quarters percent you know hike and all this where i think what we're seeing is a complete ineptitude of the fed or possibly the government i'm not saying the government as in the evil oh government <laughs> the, for the people listening terms, that, no, 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 no 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 i'm saying I'm just kidding go, government institutions to look at the supply side and i'm saying this because it has been set up since reagan it's all been supply side economics supply side economics yeah. that you have to lower you can't regulate you can't you, you can't raise taxes on supply side you know what i mean it's all it's it's right. all demand side and I think what I'm waking up to, and there's been a lot of literature being written about this right now, of course, real time, so you don't know how who's going to be right, because obviously it's a lagging indicator, so you don't know, Right, is that we don't have a really good tool in our toolbox for the supply side issues. Right. And listen, dude, you can sit there and raise my fucking interest rates on my credit cards, on 
fucking buying a new car, buying a new house on anything you want to do. But if you don't attack the supply side, if you don't share some of that, the supply side doesn't share some of that burden that they can't then pass off to us because that's the, the dirty little secret. The dirty little secret about all of this is that yes, there are some real supply side issues, supply, supply um, chain issues, but there's a lot of people taking advantage of this environment and are just raising prices to raise fucking prices. Right. And we're, we're having a hard time parsing who, what is real and what is not real, what is just advantageous for something, somebody to do. So I think right. Americans intuitively know this, right? If there's, I mean, what have we always heard, right? Demand and competition should bring down prices. Well, and, and, we're, and we're, we're watching that, right? We're watching Americans scale back on certain things and we're watching... We're getting smarter. Yeah, and we're watching, you know, these... these. But uh, if the Fed continues to do what they're doing, dude, we will we will end up in a place that we don't want to Yeah, I know. They, they just need to fucking stop. They and, need to and, relax. They need to relax. And like, point. dude, and they need to start looking at price gouging. They need to start looking at collusion. They need to start... Yeah. And I hate to say this. These are some big issues, dude, that I wish were on the ballot, but obviously Americans can't understand no. basic things. So... Because inflation is Joe Biden's fault. Of course. But I'm just, what I'm saying is. Good boy agrees. That that was a yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, What, uh, what I'm saying is, is that, listen, we, what we have built up in our, in our tool chest to deal with, with economic problems uh, in the past from past depressions and recessions have been withered away. Right. Making a lot of government institutions. Um, power and insolvent. As, well, they're about as they're about as effective as a seventy year old man's penis. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. withered and, and dusted. Yeah. It's like it's, when you it's pull cool. when you pull all the support out. Yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like you know there are there is a case for regulation. There is a case for like, hey, listen, you know, we used to have. We were talking about the other day. Bears and have, bears and bulls made yeah. that very clear in our what was our second episode, third episode, right? Uh, yeah, but you so. used to have like people go before Congress, going, "Hey, what the fuck?" You used to have a Senate or a House committee that would say, "Hey, why are you gouging the American? Or why are you raising your prices?" There, I mean, I, we're looking at the indicators here. You shouldn't be raising your prices. And we used to call people to account. Yeah. Right. And we don't do that anymore because you know what? Do we're Americans? Well, and the economy is free. I think actually there's been some of that. It's just not getting any play. Well, because it's, it's it, does, no it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't fit into the narrative. And um, listen, without any type of real, real threat of government agencies doing anything, these guys can take a phone call and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm totally raising my fucking prices. I, go fuck yourself. So I, I want to throw this out there because you know. I'm thinking there might be people listening. They're like, "Man, Zach is like all rah rah and and such a Joe Biden fan." Uh, dude, this guy has gotten such a bad rap. He can't he can't win for losing, you know. So like, uh, I want I give people their due. Like when Trump took out out you know his military, they he gave the go ahead to take out Al Baghdadi. I was right there. That's a solid. That's a solid good thing, right? ISIS. Um, leadership when he actually signed off on on the bipartisan legislation, I think three different times to to stimulate the economy during the pandemic. I was like, "It's the right thing to do." It's the right thing to do. Good job. Yeah, you know, like if you do something that is the right thing to do, then I'm gonna give you your due. And this guy's not getting any due. And I'm just saying he's done a lot of really. Fucking good. Yeah, things, I'm sorry, we got off on a tangent there. No, no, no. But I mean, it, no. But that, that's that's America. I think though, right that's now, where right? we need to. Yeah, because America is always yeah. off on a tangent, yeah. and we're 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 like we're looking past what's right in front of us. He's like he's like the plain Jane. He's like the 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 girl that 
I'm going to be use something really misogynistic here from high school, but he's like the girl in high school that was like, didn't wear a lot of makeup, didn't dress to impress, that none of us guys paid attention to, but had the personality of like a gem who like years later we run into and we're like, oh, holy shit. Like, and we're like, how come I didn't? And then like, oh, what's your name? And you're like, it's like, then you're like, wait, you're Julie? What the fuck? Yeah. And like, this metaphor is so full of toxic masculinity. It is so full of toxic masculinity. But my point is, is like, you have some, you have somebody who, like in the in the example, is an intelligent and bright. It's like the whole package in terms of being a good human being. Somebody that like anybody would be proud to like. You don't realize what you got right in front. Yeah, of you. Have, you you'd be you'd be proud to like have that person even be interested in you or pay attention to you, like yeah. right like. Yeah. To to take it into like a non misogynistic place, even though this example, do that. I know do. I'm a dude. Sorry, but but the point is, is that like that we don't like. Let, let's let's go. Eighteen months. American Rescue Plan. One point nine trillion dollars. Change the tax code for the bottom three brackets in a way that has we haven't seen since even FDR. Um, build back better. They couldn't get across the He got a bipartisan infrastructure bill passed. A bipartisan bill that. Uh, set the table and recalibrated some laws for being able to compete with China economically. Uh, got a bipartisan skinny gun law reform done. Bipartisan chips for the semiconductors, which have all been made in China and has been a huge problem for us in the pandemic to bring good manufacturing back to the Rust Belt. Like you're yeah. talking about... This is gonna, I think Korea owns like... Yeah, this is, gonna create, this is going to create hundreds of thousands of jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, and if competition goes off of that starting up here... You know, and they, they we're talking about medium to long range things that are going to be great for this country, getting things back in a... Well, oftentimes that's the problem with doing economic packages is you don't necessarily... You don't feel it right, right off the way. Like, and, I have so many people going, hey, we passed this infrastructure bill. Where's the infrastructure? And you're like, okay. I mean, if that's not really how it works, it's taking, you know, it's, yeah. you're identifying, you know, as need basis, you know, yeah, you're trying... We're doing triage on our infrastructure at this point. Yeah. I mean rudimentary just a, a rudimentary look into it is like hey dude the worst places are going to get the most money right, right now we got we got bipartisan uh uh legislation passed to um basically um pass the embargo on russia russian energy uh bipartisan legislation to support and fund ukraine in the war uh he unified nato in a way that it has probably never been actually i think when the guy well, i mean can we say not only unified but expanded I mean, expanded. He, 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 yeah, he he's was, expanded. He, was, he was an American representative to expand. Yeah, it, yeah. NATO has expanded. Yeah. And I think what the one thing about him that is really smart on NATO is he didn't go in there saying I'm an American. Slapped his dick on the table. That's talking toxic masculinity. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right, slapped dick. Slapped his dick on the table, going, "You're going to do what I what I say." Right. It, for the first time, like NATO is actually operating almost as a partnership. And not only that, he got Germany to mm-hmm. bail from Nord Stream two, which was in their economic best interest and right. their their people's best interest during cold winters. And, and and that's all of Europe. Yeah. Outside of Orban in Hungary. Yeah. Um, who's a stooge for Putin and the guy in Serbia. But along with that, back in the Paris Climate Agreement, goes the G7, pitches this, <laughs> this idea no of... No tax fi- haven. Yeah, no tax havens. At least in the West. Hundred and... What was it? 180 something? 160 to 180 countries sign off on this thing. Minimum 15% 
tax rate yeah, for corporations. Yeah, two hundred and thirty or something like that in the yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, almost all the industrialized nations, yeah. or people even hoping to be industrialized. Right. So, um, this is huge shit. These are massive things on foreign policy. This is what we've been wanting for a long time. Yeah, too. I, and look how many bipartisan things I said. One, two, three, four, five, six. All right, and then you're going to get this, and then this, uh, this, re, you know, reduce the Inflation Act, which is you know, baby build back better, four Bs. Baby build back. Better. You know, so what do you what are, what do you want to call it, RIA or you know the four Bs? Uh, this is going to be huge for the climate and for uh, healthcare, and dude, first year. Guy reduces the deficit, federal deficit, by three hundred and eighty some billion dollars, which people are like big deal. It's a little bit over one percent. Yeah, one percent. But at least the guy cut it's in the first reduction in a long. Yeah, time. at least the guy cut into the deficit. And this year we're on track, and if this bill passes, for one point five trillion dollar debt debt reduction. So I mean, that's 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 a lot of that's a lot of and that's what people are always talking about. Oh, cut the spending, cut the spending. You got a guy creating jobs, reducing unemployment. There's it's not about just cutting austerity doesn't work. Yes, alone. yes, you have six to do other things. right, yeah. six six bipartisan agreement leading on the world stage. Spending correctly, spending correctly, all those things, and you well, people think he's the worst president. I mean, his history is going to look back on this guy in twenty to fifty years, and it's going to be one of those things where. People are like, oh, really? And the his- uh, people our age, oh, it didn't seem like it was that good to me. Or they'll look back in history and they'll go like, oh, shit, I was I was really stupid. Like, I didn't realize what was going on at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what you have is a lot of people falling for a toxic, uh, and I'm using that word a lot today, but the toxic sort of media. Masculinity. <laughs> toxic media environment that we live in that things are black and white. Things are yeah. either good or they're bad. They're all good or they're all bad. Like the Adolf, the Adolf Hitler thing, right? I mean, right. Adolf Hitler is the ultimate evil and everyone now is now being compared to Adolf Hitler in terms of the evil scale. Um, and I'm just, it's just, things just don't work as easy as that, right? right? You know, and that's the, the problem that we have is that we have a, a zero-sum game. If they, if they win, we lose. And there's going to be some things, as repulsive as it sounds to my progressive friends or even my liberal friends, that the right does that that will be good for the country. I'm having a problem naming a few of them right now because they've seemed to gone off the tracks. Right. But there have been things in the past that have good ideas come from the right and the left. Well, hey, they vote. They voted on a number of these things. They, oh, I did. I, I forgot one of the most important ones for our our, our military uh, or former military listeners: the the burn pit legislation to get these people, these three over three million veterans who are suffering respiratory well, thank you, John issues Stewart. or died. He, he was a big John part Stewart, of that. Yeah. yeah. Got this bipartisan legislation, even though the Republicans got embarrassed into taking care of that. Yeah. So well, they getting, got embar- they got embarrassed to voting against it, then embarrassed to vote for it. Yeah. Um. You know the the burn pits legislation to get funding for our our military personnel. Um, I mean that's 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 seven that I count right there. This guy ran on I'm gonna I'm gonna have bipart get bipartisanship back. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, can you name a time? where more bipartisan legislation has been passed in four years, much less mm. eight, than we've had under this presidency. Mm, no, not in recent I, I haven't seen no, Congress maybe, work together. Maybe back in history sometime. I haven't seen Congress work together like this. No, but not in my, not in my, uh, not in my lifetime. Okay, so... It's been pretty much a, a tribal game since in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, and, and guess what you don't hear the President of the United States doing? Bragging? No, I haven't heard him... Uh, go out and smear Republicans 
once, just off the cuff. No, he'll. Oh, they're they're Nazis. They're fascists. Well, this oh, is the problem like, that a lot of people have on our like at least on our. Like, I'm I'm an old school liberal, so I'll say it on our side. Um, progressives don't like what he's doing because he hasn't gone far enough to the left. Liberals don't like what he's doing because he hasn't really chimed in on the tribal sort of aspect of us versus them. He he calls it out where it's at. Like, you know, Roe v. Wade was a prime example of, of people saying, dude, what, why aren't you saying something? Like, you know, why aren't you mirroring my emotions about this? And all he said was, this is a, this is a total utter I, mistake. But I think, I think a lot of that bipartisan, the bipartisan bills that have been passed and bringing the entire Congress minus a couple wackadoos with Ukraine and Russia mm-hmm. has been because of that tenor, that tone that he, he has. Yeah. If you're always attacking the other side from the top mm-hmm. and, you know, smearing their name and hyperbole and, and all these things, nobody wants to fucking work with you. Yeah. And, and quietly, and quietly, they'll never tell you this, but quietly they respect the fuck out of this guy. Well, I think they respected him going in. I mean, yeah. I think the Lindsey Graham quote, like, if you don't, have, if you don't like Joe Biden, there's something wrong with you. Because he, he's a likable fella, right. you know. Um, however, it's funny how, how the, the new political climate in Washington Washington DC has completely destroyed a lot of those old relationships that he's had but I think Joe's remained the same because listen the one thing about Joe that you you I mean you can say for a fact is that he is towards the end right of his political career yeah right well this is Rega- the this regardless is the end of right well career. it's it's funny because most people you know you're talking about all these legislative successes most people would parlay that into a really good, you know, campaign, next campaign. Yeah. And yet you're having Maureen Dowd just wrote a really interesting piece for the New York Times op-ed piece saying, hey, man, hey, I think it's titled, hey, Joe, don't give it a go. Like, uh, walk away. Like, you're, this is as successful as any president could ever hope to be, and you did it in one term. Right. So there's no reason for you to do a second. Right. You know, um, and how crazy is that? That's dude? that's insane. That just 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 tells you that should tell you that how successful the this media, guy's been in in two years. Yeah, really. yeah. The the media blitz. Yeah. Of portraying this is we we I don't think I've ever been. Can I admonish my younger fellows just for yeah, my yeah. younger people? And how fucking dare all these progressives come out and not like Joe Joe Biden simply on the fact that he's fucking old? Yeah. You can all go fuck yourself on your exclusiveness and, oh, I'm just such a fair-minded individual. Bullshit. I'm so fucking ex- exclusive that, I, I you know, transgender, I'm going to have a transgender friend by next year. You can go fuck right off because if you can't accept an old person for just being old and actually knowledgeable and wise then you don't accept shit. You're just accepting what's trendy right now. Right. So you can go fuck right off. And right. I'm really tired of the progressives. And I hear it mostly from the progressives. What does he know? He's old. Yeah, and I get it. He is. He's a menopausal old man. I understand it. <laughs> My problem is, is, and he doesn't under... And listen, the thing about Joe that's different from a lot of, at least this administration, I won't just give it to Joe, versus a lot of other people like on, on the right, which we saw this with Trump, is there's always been a disconnect between leadership and rank and file. Right. Because it's we're 350 million strong, dude. It's really hard to understand your plight when right. you're dealing with 350 million people. Um, one of the biggest complaints I hear from younger people is, you know, obviously on the student, uh, that's that duck is either, or it's a crow or a duck, or it could be a government agent trying to uh, destroy our, our recording right now. Um, anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's how the omelet gets made, guys. Um, so, uh, so... Anywho, we have the door open of the bunker because it's uh, it's really rather moist in here. Yeah. And uh, check out, we're getting wildlife calls. <laughs> anyway. I think it just took its pants off. It's, it's doing a torpedo. It's doing that, a helico- that was actually me taking my pants off. It's doing the helicopter back at you, Jay. <laughs> no, um, what I was trying to say oh, is... Oh, look, his friend showed up. <laughs> 
What I was trying to say is that, listen, is the student debt forgiveness thing. And listen, anytime you're going to forgive student debt, anytime you're going to forgive debt, that's very complicated. But how much? How much? How, how much is? Ask how much anybody is, in Brazil. How much Columbia, has been done? All of this. How much has been done already, though? A lot. A how lot much has been done. I don't know exactly the the, the dollar amount. Billions. Yeah. Billions. But I know a lot ten, has already ten, been done. Tens of billions. And my problem is, is when you and here's 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 the contradiction of all contradictions. Through executive actions. Build Back Better had a, a thing to make. Yeah. Make make I school know. cheaper. I know. Maybe not free, but cheaper. Yeah. Did you show up and support but it? But nobody no. showed up to support it. No. Nope. Nobody knew what the fuck was in it. No one could be bothered to read it. Right. But what you're bitching about was in it. Right. Right. So, you know, again, fuck right off. Yeah. I, 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 the, I, I, yeah. I, I know. And James is doing this very eloquently. Uh, <laughs> when I said fuck right yeah, off, yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> I felt like that was the eloquent cherry on top of the eloquent Sunday. Um, what we're trying to say is. You got to go through the bullshit. Just because somebody tells you something is happening, look at what's going on. I've never in, and, and we talked about this. James and I talked about this is, and I'll go back to it because this is our, our bookend segment of our first season. Well, this is why we started it. We watched this guy and the media and the questions he was asked over Afghanistan and the pullout there uh, with the train wreck narrative that was set from the previous administration that was an impossible situation. And we were like, what is going on? What are these people talking about? Yeah, it's like right? the it was so, agreement never existed. It was so, it was so disconnected yeah. from reality of what was of how the, the playing field was set and what had led to that point and what was actually going on in the moment. And shockingly enough, like we said back then, everybody was gonna forget about it as soon as we're out. Nobody else is dying. No American soldiers continuing to die there. Would have been a hell of a lot more if there would have been 2,500 boots on the ground against all that hostility. Got 140 something thousand people out. Nobody's talking about all oh, these Americans that got left behind. We know we're gonna get left behind. I mean, all the criticism, all the shit. And that's when this guy's approval rating started tank because whether you went on the left-wing media, on right-wing media or centrist, that's all that anybody was talking about. It was, and, and, it was and, labeled as a fiasco. And it's continued since that point, and it was probably one of the greatest military evacuations, if not the greatest military evacuation success under circumstances. Sa- Sa- Saigon still rather... Saigon's uh, still rather, you know, uh, the images of Saigon, I don't know if anybody's ever seen them, where helicopters being thrown off, yeah. so, you know, you know, people, you know, on hanging roofs, on hanging it, yeah. on roofs, and just to get, uh, you know, hanging on a helicopter... You know, anytime you evacuate a military presence and in a complete almost, I would say... In a war zone. In a war zone. And, you know, it's going to be chaotic. And, I mean, dude, eggs are going to get broke. So, it's, just, it's just the, it, it's it, the it, reality. It's, real, it's not a fucking... Ho- is, it's not a, it's not a Hollywood not movie. We are living in reality. Yeah, it's a Hollywood... We want a Hollywood movie. We want a Hollywood win. And we want everything that we want right now. And then whatever we Rambo see... Rambo would have got those guys out in no time. Yeah, and whatever we see... It, that that's exactly what's going on, and I think our frustration throughout this entire season has been like, look at the facts, look at the data, look at what like you. I look at these things, and like you said, this is this is a success anywhere else, but there's no. I mean, what did I tell you last time? Uh, I looked at the jobs report for June mm-hmm. on one of the dot coms, and it was the twenty second story on the front page, even though it blew out expectations. That was like three. 80-something. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was that. supposed, to, it was supposed to be under 100 again. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it blew it out. Was it anywhere on the front page? Nope. They hit, I, you had to scroll down, and it wasn't even highlighted. If you don't read every little Line, link, you're going to miss it. You're going right. to miss it. And it was like, 
What do we expect? What do we expect that we're going to think about this guy when that's the stage and the narrative that we paint over and over and over again? You know, and and the factors that all the different shit he's dealing with, the inflation from the global economy, from the global collapse, from the pandemic, from supply chain issues, that's a worldwide issue. To pull off all these things, I mean, dude... Dude, I was just reading an article last night <laughs> that Brazil's suffering 90% inflation. Yeah, dude. I, I 90% inflation. That's like a complete collapse. I have economy. no doubt if we were under if we were under previous administration with the their policy, which is hands off of everything and let the car go, I would think we'd probably be double. I mean, and I'm speculating when I say that. But yeah, I'm, I'm not sure like, if they would allow... I mean, I'm not sure if they could afford to allow it to get as bad as all that, but... But I they think, wouldn't know what to do. I they're, think... They're pol- they have policies... They wouldn't are, have a considered effort. I think, their I think policies they, are fictitious policies. Well, the like, adults in the room have been pushed... Theories. The, pushed out to the corner, where the, the crazies are huddled around, like, yeah. the map of, like, hey, what are we going to do about this? Like... You know, let's uh, let's talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, that's they're looking, all that's they're all it would have been talking about. Defuse the situation, immigration, and immigration, immigrants blame, are the blame, problem. Blame. It would have been blame was, all these people, this replacement was the, theory, the Democratic the Democrats' uh, responsibility. Um, let's be honest. Let's put it succinctly. They're more in the business of getting reelected than they are actually governing. We've said that multitudes of times uh, in the I mean, 21 episodes we've yeah, had. Yeah, I mean, as we come up to the midterms, they don't even have a platform that they're running on. But well, whatever no, they is. have a platform. We actually covered their platform. Oh, yeah, their platform. <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. old platform with Jesus added in. Yeah, I feel like there's even less of a platform now. Um, all right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to come back and we're going to dig into the uh, the uh, RIA or the B, B, B4, B to the fourth. Um and just look what's in it real quick, and then we'll come back after that, and we'll uh, look at the polling, and then we'll close out the season. I'll catch you guys soon. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Moderate Majority with James and Zach. Our episode 21, final one of this first season, The State of Play, part two. 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 Not do. Two. Where? I don't know about this do shit. All right, uh, the... Part do perhaps. Uh, infrastructure Reduction Act, the reduction of infrastructure. They're reducing... They're really close infra- right now. I just re- got an update. Reducing Infrastructure mm-hmm. Act. All right. What's in this thing that they're they're working on right now? That they're going through this voterama uh, through reconciliation because no uh, no Republican is going to vote for it. So there's it's like about a what is it like a seven a little bit over a seven hundred billion dollar total plan in terms of revenue. We'll give a nod to the naysayers. It's much lower than what a lot of people had expected in terms of Build Back Better. Yeah, um, it's so. Essentially, you're going to have about $370 billion is going to be raised to go to clean energy, all right, and a climate package. Um, the idea uh, is that it is going to reduce U.S. carbon emissions by up to 40% by 2030, which, as you were saying the other day... It's it, the largest investment into the environment that we've made to date. The largest. This is the one single largest, and I think I've read this is the, one of the largest investments, single investments that any country in the industrialized world has made. However, they're not taking into account that most industrialized nations in Western Europe have been making 
incremental investments right. in yeah. these things. So yeah. I, I imagine we're still far be- right. behind the curve. But, but you were saying ours, yeah. You were and you were saying the other day that that forty percent was initially uh, put out by twenty fifty. Yeah. So doing the forty percent by twenty thirty, a lot of people who are concerned about the climate and have been screaming from the top of their lungs for a long time now are, are like thrilled and stunned that this that this was going to yeah. come out and and make it. Um, there's also a lot of tax incentives uh, meant to bring down the cost of electricity with renewables and kind of. Uh, incentivize America. We go down the list. Medicare switch. drug price negotiations huge, dude. Yeah, yeah. So there, so that's the that's the healthcare portion mm-hmm. of the bill, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and let's let's be honest here, because there's going to be some time. So the Health and Human Services Secretary would negotiate the prices of ten drugs in 26, another 15 in 2027, mm-hmm. and again another 15 in 2028. The number would rise to 20 drugs a year for 2029 and beyond. So basically, it's allowing Medicare to finally negotiate drug prices. They're looking at um, putting a cap of no more than I think two thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. uh, for the drug costs through there. Um, they're also looking at. Um, they're talking about the inflation cap. Yeah, that only applies now to Medicare, not right, not, not right. the private sector. They're they're looking at extending enhanced federal premium subsidies mm-hmm. for Obamacare uh, through to twenty twenty five. So that's a three year free extension. vaccines for seniors, which is kind of nice. Right, fifteen um, percent <clears throat> minimum tax on income of large corporations that uh, report more than a billion dollars in revenue, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they're saying that that could over the decade that could raise alone two hundred fifty eight billion dollars. Uh, that's how much. Giant corporations aren't paying in taxes, so so many of those guys pay zero, net zero. It's crazy, mm-hmm. uh, in federal taxes, and then they were trying to initially close a loophole uh, for capital gains, um, you know, and that was mostly going to help out hedge fund people. But Kirsten Cinema from Arizona is, I guess, big in their pocket. Well, or... she's she's a one man one man voting machine for hedge funds. Yeah, like, the, yeah. The word, I mean, hedge funds have like lower approval ratings than congress yeah it's it's really it's, like, it's really so interesting. for her to die on that hill was very odd to me but it, but it was interesting because what they ended up doing was they took that out to get her support and then they um you know and it had they addressed the loophole it would have raised 14 billion over a decade but what they did in its place is they put a one percent excise tax on companies stock buybacks and that's actually going to raise 74 billion yeah. So that ended up. Because being, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. I yeah, companies that, are still going to buy back stock. Yeah, that 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 ended up being something that was going to actually. I mean, the fourteen billion is great, but in the scheme of things, I mean, if you're going to cut that out and replace it with something that's going to raise, you know, essentially five times as much. Okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, like if you got to cut. So, um, one of the things that Tammy or uh, Luby and Ella Nielsen Nilsson. Uh, did for CNN was they looked at uh, how this bill is literally going to save money for, you know, regular people, essentially. Um, So uh, let's check out how that's going to impact, you know, Americans. So the the rewiring or clean electricity nonprofit rewiring America recently estimated a U.S. household would save $1,800 per year if it installed electric heat pumps to heat their water and heat and cool their air and replaced a gas car with an EV and installed solar. So if you did all three of those things, that, that would save you $1,800 in cost per year. So one of the things that um, that this bill is going to do is saving on buying an electric vehicle. So the bill extends the current $7,500 tax credit 
for a new, new vehicle, as well as $4,000 tax credit off a used EV vehicle. So what that means is if you buy either a new EV or a used EV this year, you can write that much off of your taxes, $7,500 or $4,000. That's a pretty big savings, actually. Yeah. Only problem is I just read an article actually yesterday that Americans are done with EVs. Oh, that's that's great. It came from uh, it came from Forbes, and it's like the, uh, well, the, it's Forbes. Yeah. Well, though Forbes is just saying talking about demand. I mean, there's some good articles in Forbes that are talking uh, about demand for EVs. Uh, According to their market research, is like the lowest it's been in five years. <laughs> and it's like Ugh. it also gets rid of current cap that cuts automakers off tax credits after they've sold two hundred thousand EVs. Okay. Um. Uh, tax credit is also limited to trucks, vans, and SUVs under $80,000 and other vehicles under 55000 has an income threshold for consumers. Um, okay. Helps with installing more efficient air conditioning and heating. The bill would provide Americans with tax credits to cover 30% of the cost for installing highly efficient ACs, water heaters, furnaces, and other cooling heating equipment. Which is, it's a very expensive thing. So if you can get even any of that cost covered is Oh yeah, huge. 30% is a huge deal, dude. It's like paying 70% of what it costs you. Households would also receive a $600 for each piece of equipment, up to 1200 total per year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's even more money on top of that. There would also be a special credit of up to 2000 for electric heat pumps, and credits could be used to upgrade breaker boxes if needed to handle additional electric load. So you're talking about the U.S. government giving you money to switch over to these things. It's an incentive program. Yeah. And it's actually worked in the past. It's mixing government and private sector. Crazy how that works sometimes. My head just exploded. I know. As an American, I can't. I know. I can't. I I did like one thing that cinema did do, however. I just want to say this really quick, that the bill provides $4 billion in additional drought funding. Mm -hmm. Um, I just assume that she'd be against that, seeing as she lives in Arizona, and they don't have any problems with water down there right now. (laughs) But no, she negotiated. uh, Apparently, it was a sticking point. She wanted an additional $4 billion in in, uh, additional drought funding, which I don't know what that will do. Most Maybe reservoirs or something, or building more so that the rain that doesn't come will go into I don't know. Right. I mean, we're to the point now in the West that we're going to have to start talking about a much larger water policy. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the idea was floated taking Mississippi water. Yeah. Mississippi uh, River water. Um, might as well just, hey, you know what's sad? We might as well just desalinize the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Well, yeah, that died pretty quickly. Everybody out there was like, well, you're not going to take our water to California. Yeah, if you want to eat, you probably want to give us some water. Because <laughs> you can't just eat soybeans down there, bud. Well, also, we have a all, diversified all the all the shit that the, all the shit that we dumped in the in the channel means <laughs> the water is probably deadly. Well, hopefully we can clean it along the way. I mean, dude, honestly, we have we have oil pipelines got, that go have, much we, further. We have barrels that are seeping like toxic shit three thousand feet below That's the. Fine. the that, do, you, do you even know what's in the water you just gave me in this filthy cup? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yep. <joking>. meningitis. <laughs> We're real close to Torrance. Uh, for those of you that may be thinking to yourself, hey, didn't we already have a tax credit, a similar tax credit to that? It did, we did. It expired last year, and it had a lifetime cap of only 500 bucks. So this goes well beyond that. Um, there's aid, aid for low- and moderate-income Americans to purchase electric appliances. Um, legislation calls for providing low- and moderate-income households with rebates of up to $14,000 to buy electric appliances. That's pretty badass. Uh, legislation has set aside $4.5 billion for that for over 10 years for the provision. Um, to alleviate concerns that low-income households would have to pay the items up front, rebates could be provided at the point of sale, or contractors could claim them, for example, 
uh, it would depend on how state energy officials, which would administer the rebates, would set up their programs. So basically, if you live in a red state, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> they're keeping the money until you buy it, and maybe after you go through a process, they're giving it back After to four you. weeks of waiting. Yeah. And, you know, what is it? Uh, Ron DeSantis is going to take... to supply the POS, Ron, the little... Ron DeSantis is going to take this money, and then yeah. he's going to give you something that he calls the taxpayer rebate... And steals federal money and channel, channels it through there, yeah. no, like I mean, like, yeah. like he do. Some of the, some of the rebates are annoying. I mean, I think we've all like lived through like. Didn't he do that with a bunch of his COVID money for school stuff? He just recently like put that out as a taxpayer Ron giveaway. Yeah. yeah, it was and, a, and it's like gave federal, gave, gave federal money back to give federal yeah. money to people. Yeah, yeah, that was for like you know shit to take care of the stuff. Florida vote. I guess so. If you can get the Florida vote, yeah, I'll I'll give you money as long as it's not mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. He's a ma- he's a master in giving giving Christmas gifts that he got that he didn't want <laughs> from somebody else. Regifting, as we like to call it. Um, okay, there's rebates for retrofitting homes. Households can receive rebates up to four thousand. Install energy saving measures throughout their homes, and low to moderate income families could receive up to eight thousand. Uh, there's a, providing a total of four point three billion in funding over ten years for that. Tax credits to reduce energy leakage. Americans could receive tax credits to cover 30% of the cost of home improvements that reduce energy leakage, such as updated window do- windows, doors, insulation, and other weatherization measures under the bill. They could get a credit of up to $600 per improvement and a total of $1,200 per year. Plus, they can receive a $150 credit to have a home energy audit conducted. The credit would be ex- expanded so families could use it multiple times to make upgrades over time. Uh, they got boosting efficiency in HUD housing. Uh, would improve $1 billion in grants and loans to affordable housing units administered by the Department of Housing and Urban Development to increase energy or water efficiency, <laughs> improve indoor air quality, make clean energy or electric, uh, electric electrification upgrades, and address climate resilience needs. Tax credits for developers to build energy-efficient homes so builders can receive tax credits of up to $2,500 for every single-family home or manufactured home and 500 for units and multifamily buildings or constructing Energy Star certified housing. Developers can get 2,500 for each multifamily unit if prevailing wage requirements are met. Um, Installing solar panels on the homes. Tax credits in the bill will cover 30% of the cost of buying a rooftop solar system and home battery storage. The average cost of a rooftop solar system is around 20,000 according to the Solar Energy Industries Association, but upfront costs will result in energy bill savings here. And add value to a it's home. like one panel in the household usually needs three. For those who live in apartments or can't install solar on the roofs, there are other ways to get solar energy and lower energy bills, including leasing a rooftop solar system or joining a community solar farm to get power delivered. Tax credits in the bill increase for solar projects in low-income communities as well. And small business incentives. Small business can get tax deductions up to $1 per square foot of their business to make a space more energy efficient. They can get tax credits they cover up to 30% of the cost to replace fleets of cars and trucks with clean energy, as well as incentives to power their businesses with solar. Now, this is a lot of a lot of incentivization and money to help people pay for things. And yeah, I think that's the bottom line. I think we should bottom line it there before we bore anybody to death. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, there is a lot of incentives there. There is a lot of incentives there. I think there's a penalty in there as well. We didn't read about that. But the penalty is for the twenty-seven billion for so-called clean energy accelerator. Mm-hmm. The deal—it's um, uh, provisions like methane program that would levy a fee on oil and gas producers that emit methane above a certain threshold. Got so it. that's huge. Yeah, you know what I mean. So we're actually giving a nod to the fact that methane emissions aren't good. Right. I mean, that's like one of the first <laughs> things that is in this bill. Like, hey, if you, you know, stand near it and breathe it, and you pass out, <laughs> or like you know. 
you live in that one town with the you know your water lights on fire because of methane gas and mm-hmm. all this shit. Uh, you know, it's kind of a nod to the fact that hey, listen, we're we're getting we're trying to transition. King of the Hill stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, there <laughs> he looks go. good. Yeah, yeah. Sure, he lived a long life. Yeah. So I'm just saying, it's like that. That's that. That's what's really good. Um, so the other good thing about this to, is that yeah. the latest version of this bill, which is close to getting pushed through at this point as we speak, I'm actually just I'm three hundred billion dollars over the decade in reducing the deficit. So that's another one percent cut. Um, according to the Congressional Budget Office. Uh-huh. So, I, I, actually, I should re, I should recreate my statements. This is the deficit, not the debt. So, right. take that back. Well, conversely, I just want to say something that's being reported on, and it's actually in, in the information that you've given us today, Zach, to, to peruse. Um, Republicans force the removal of a measure that would have capped insulin prices at $35 for private insurers. Yeah, so just, just so you know that, people who are, who are dying because they can't afford insulin, the parliamentarian did not say that that could go in there uh, and meet reconciliation measures. So the Democrats put it in there anyway because it was such a big deal and dared Republicans to pull it out and they did. not let it go through, and they did. So, so this, is a, this is a Republican Party that you know, drug prices was, was a signature piece of what they were trying to do under the Trump era. Right. So, so if you, so if you are a diabetic mm-hmm. and you're struggling to pay insulin prices, the Democrats just tried to cap that at $35 for you. And the Republicans just sent you down a road no. of economic ruin. Yeah. So when you go to the polls, unless you live in California, which we started creating our own insulin. Right. And okay. more states will probably follow suit eventually. Um, okay. So, What's in the deal now? We'll go over this one more time. Uh, Medicare drug price negotiations would start in 26, go to beyond 29. Um, Inflation cap. Legislation is also going to impose penalties on drug companies if they increase their prices faster than inflation. Um, However, the parliamentarian ruled that the provision could only apply to Medicare. James mentioned that earlier. A limit on Medicare out-of-pocket drug costs. So the bill would redesign Medicare's Part D drug plan. So seniors and people with disabilities wouldn't pay more than two thousand a year for medications bought at the pharmacy, which is a huge deal. Huge. It's a massive deal. Mm-hmm. Um, free vaccines for seniors. You mentioned that already. Uh, Affordable Care Act subsidies, which are going to go to twenty twenty five. They're expanded through uh, what was the one point nine trillion uh, coronavirus relief package on the American Rescue Plan earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, climate provisions. Uh, the deal would be the biggest climate investment in U.S. history. It would slash U.S. greenhouse gas emissions by 40% by 2030. Um, we just went over all the tax credits that you're going to get out of that. And then there's tax provisions to boost the revenue. This is the one I think a lot of people are excited about in terms of jobs going overseas. Uh, the bill would impose a 15% minimum tax on incomes lar- income large corporations report to shareholders known as book income. As opposed to inter- as opposed to the Internal Revenue Service, the measure, which would raise two hundred fifty eight billion over a decade, according to updated figures provided, um, that it would apply to companies with profits only over one billion dollars. Uh, and then they switched over to the one percent excise tax on company stock buybacks. Um, package also calls for providing more funding to the IRS for tax enforcement, which would raise one hundred and twenty four billion. The CBO looks at. Democrats are looking at families making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year not to be affected. 
Yeah, there's only been one report that contradicted that, and that came from the Joint Committee on Taxation report, in which the Republican actually lawmakers on that committee came out with their own um, sort of uh, their own analysis of this, um, which is highly partisan, and most uh, anybody who's looking at this as a as a real means of understanding this bill, uh, they view it as just partisan hackery rather than a real analysis of it. So we call this baby build back better, and this is why. So here's what was left out of the whole thing that Democrats originally wanted to do. Um, cheaper insulin, which they did put back in there at $35 a month. Eventually. So $35 a month is what Democrats wanted to, for people with diabetes. You paid no more than $35 a month for your for your insulin that you needed. Universal and, pre-K and lower child care costs. Yes, the Republicans destroyed that $35 a month. So yeah, yeah. doing the universal pre-K, lower child care costs. Pay family and sick leave. Also pulled out enhanced child tax credit. Um, also got yanked out earned income, earned income tax. Uh, can credit. I just throw something in there? Yeah. They want you to have more babies, but they don't want you to actually be able to afford <laughs> to them. Get to afford yeah. them. Yeah. Home health care pulled out, affordable housing pulled pulled out, lowering cost of college pulled out, children's nutrition pulled out, Medicaid coverage gap pulled out, Medicare hearing benefits pulled out, extending Medicare solvency pulled out. If you guys want those things, then come this midterm, I would suggest that you vote for people who want vote, them to. Yeah, vote for Democrats who are going to vote for those bills. Uh, give them two more seats in the Senate so they can go around Cinema and Mansion. Or Manchima. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm referring to. And can I just say one thing? I'm not, hold the house. I am not uh, going to reverse course on anything that I've said about Joe Manchin or Cinema at this point. I still think uh, they're terrible human beings and terrible lawmakers, and I'm going to stand by that. Uh, only because, listen, they, they've uh, Manchin voted for this because he wrote it. <laughs> Cinema, Cinema was given a nod on closing a loophole for a couple things and adding some money for a couple things. Uh, it didn't k- take a lot of courage to to vote for what we what what was in it. It took a hell of a lot more courage to actually yank out what which which was not in it. So for those people who are like, you were really you know you were really an asshole like, you know for, you know Joe Joe Manchin and and Kirsten Cinema. Rightfully so, and I stand by everything. Well, yeah, I said. look at look at all the things that, that I stand by everything I said. Look at all the things that. So Manchin, I will not eat my words. Manchin pulled out of all that. Um, I think Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema can eat a dick. <laughs> Very misogynistic. Thank you. Toxic masculinity. Toxic. Is, oh, there it is. is toxic the, masculinity. Is the it's the word of the, of the it's, day. It's the word of the day. It's the ah, words of the day. I yeah. Hope you heard. Yeah, you heard. Word of the day. Ah, toxic masculinity. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah this you chair. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. um, all right. Let's look real quick at the Economist YouGov poll from July 30th to August 2nd, 2022, to look at the specific issues and how Americans feel on this bill that is literally probably being passed as we speak. Not quite. Okay, so I, I have it right here. Should Medicare negotiate drug prices? How do Americans feel about this? In total, 41% of Americans support this idea strongly. 25% of Americans somewhat support it. So I don't know what that means, but that's 60... 60 Sounds like funny business to me, kid. That's 66% that are in the favorable category. Uh-huh. Um, 7% somewhat opposed, 4% strongly opposed. 23% are not sure. This is terrifying to me that, like, and this you're going to come across at, at, least, at least they're brave enough to say, yeah, I don't know what the yeah, fuck you, yeah. what is Medicare? A quarter of Americans <laughs> that we rely on. <laughs> okay, it, that comes in later. <clears throat> yeah. There's literally people who don't know what the Democratic yeah. Party is that they talk to in this yeah. poll. Anyway, yeah, good, good um, times. Good times. Uh, when we look at uh, registered voters, 52% of Democrats strongly support this, 
39% of independents strongly support it. 30% of Republicans strongly support it. 25% of Democrats somewhat support it. 21% of independents somewhat support it. And 30% of Republicans somewhat support it. So you have 77% support amongst Democrats. This is one thing that we almost all agree on. 60% support among independents. 60% of, of, of for Republicans agree that Medicare should negotiate drug prices. That's in this bill that no Republicans are voting for. The Democrats are squeezing through after after eliminating all these other things. Yeah. Let's take a look at the next aspect. Do we support or oppose clean energy for America? Oh, dear God. <laughs> What's clean energy? Because there's $369 billion for the climate. Uh, strongly support in total, 32%. Somewhat support, 18%. That's 50%. Uh, somewhat opposed, eight. Strongly opposed, 24%. Not sure, 18% of Americans. Way to go. Way to go, morons. Uh, okay. What? In terms of... What's energy? <laughs> <laughs> What's climate? <laughs> okay. I got to check with QAnon first. <laughs> uh, let me go on YouTube and check out my news. My news. <laughs> Alex! Pretty sure Tucker's against it. Uh, Mr. Jones! <laughs> mm -hmm. What's climate? Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Strongly supporting this are 56%... Oh, let me just add it all to the strong and somewhat. Uh, for Democrats... There is 78% support for, for this. Uh, Independents, 46%. Republic, Republicans, 22%. Uh, you got 22%. Uh, and yeah, in terms of opposing, uh, only 9% of Democrats oppose uh, clean energy and the expansion of that with the climate. I want to meet those people. Only 30% of independents oppose it and 63% of Republicans oppose it. That's fantastic. You want the world to go extinct. I don't understand you at all. Okay, anyway, on to the next one. Support or oppose Medicare drug price negotiations. I know, it seems like we talked about this before, but we haven't. All right, strongly support 37% of all people, somewhat support 23%. That is a 60% marker. When it comes to Democrats, the number goes to 75%. Independents, 57%. And Republicans, uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time looking at that. That's 47%. So even though they, never mind. When it comes down to actually passing legislation, they drop by 13%, even though they support it in theory. It's 60%. Uh, okay. So uh, the next piece we have here is with those two things in there and all the support that we had for those elements, do you support or oppose the new bill, which has just those elements? All right, folks. Hold on to your hats and glasses. <laughs> Let's see what Americans going for. A ride. What Americans understand. Strongly support, thirty-two percent. <laughs> Somewhat support, nineteen percent. Oh for God. a total of fifty-one percent. Hey, hey, hey! We're over the fifty percent threshold. Uh, yeah, better than Build Back Better got. Uh, um, uh, Democrats, seventy-eight percent support. Independents, forty-nine percent support, and Republicans, twenty-four percent support. I know. That's a shocking number of Republicans. Yeah. Uh, against it, 9% of Democrats, 28% of Independents, and 61% of Republicans. They complain about prices and cost of living, but they don't want their drug their drugs to be cost to be lowered, and they don't want to live on a planet that's going to exist, keep existing in 50 to 100 years, or progress with new technology. <laughs> Hey, 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 Ralph, I'm real pissed off at the feds, man. I want to get back on my Flintstone mobile. <laughs> I got nothing to say. I don't about. understand why we can't still pedal along with our feet. <laughs> uh, God damn it. I got nothing to say to that. I know you don't. I know you don't. Fella. I just want it to be over. 
<laughs> wow, that's intense. All right. Uh, how many people think the Inflation Reduction Act increases inflation? <laughs> Even though we know for a fact it is going to decrease costs across all these sectors, and it's also going to reduce the deficit by over $300 billion. Are we ready, Jay? So no, we got the facts. No, I'm not prepared. Let's see what Americans say. For this. 36% increase inflation, 12% decrease inflation, will not change inflation, 23%, not sure, 29%. Percentages by party identification. 13% of Democrats think it's going to increase inflation. 21% think it's going to decrease. 34% say will not change. And 32% are not sure. Independents, 33% think it's going to increase inflation. 10% think it's going to decrease inflation. 21% will not change inflation. And 36% are not sure. Republicans, 69% think it's going to increase inflation. 4% decrease inflation. 13% will not change, 40% not sure. So you have you have the stats by CBL. <laughs> These economists, they told you what's going to be in this bill, and it doesn't matter. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Thank you, America, once again, for making me lose complete faith in the fact that you can look at a piece of paper that says 2 plus 2 and tell me to my face that that equals 7. <laughs> Oh, sweet God, Jimmy. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. Yeah, please. We'll come back. We're going to look at more amazing poll numbers from Americans going into these midterms. All right. We'll catch you guys soon. Hey, everybody, welcome back to The Modern Majority with James and Zach. <laughs> we, we still feel bamboozled at this point. Uh, anyway, uh, this is episode 21, our final episode of our first season. The State of Stupid, part two. <laughs> I mean, State of Play. Yeah. Part two. Um, stupid Play. Stupid Play. All right, we're going to go over some polls. Uh, I'm going to be going over some numbers with the Economist YouGov poll. It's a little bit more uh, expansive than the Ipsos poll that Jay's on, but some of our things we'll cover. Ipsos poll is the only thing we can understand. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, James, why don't you start with, I think I think the for uh, number one for both of ours was uh, the direction of the country. Right or wrong track, really, is what the question is. Is America on the right track or the wrong track? Right. So we have uh, all adults, 69% say the wrong track. Okay. Right. 19% say the right track. 12% say they don't know. Okay. So does it break it down <clears throat> by party on there by any chance? Yeah, I mean almost uh, verbatim. Like there's some variance here. Uh, so Democrats, thirty-seven percent say it's on the right track. Six fifty percent say it's on the wrong track, and thirteen percent of was it independents? I think don't know, or thirteen percent of either one don't know. Um, independents have their own. We'll go to independents first. Seventy-two percent say on the wrong track. Seven percent say on the right track. Twenty-one percent of independents don't know. Um, which is the highest of I don't know, um, which makes sense because they're independents. Republicans, 88% on the wrong track. 9% hmm. of them say on the right track, and 3% of Republicans don't know. That's interesting. So on in the econ, this is just... Well, there's going to be variants. Well, no, that. with polling, this is interesting because overall, 21% <clears throat> think that we're headed in the right direction. 
69% off on the wrong track and 10% we're not sure. That, that's correlation. When, when, it? when it broke down by general party, 39% of Democrats said the right track. Uh, independence, right direction, 14%. Republicans, 9%. Off on the wrong track, 50% of Democrats, 72% of independents, 87% of Republicans, and not sure, 11% of Democrats, 14% of independents, and 4% of Republicans. That's um, almost, that's, that's, that's yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. So that just tells you right there that these are pretty accurate. They're pretty, well, pretty I mean, accurate in terms of a sentiment snapshot, yeah. in terms of like where Americans are at. Um, what I think is interesting to put about that is a lot of that gets put on Biden, but whereas the Republicans are definitely a pushback on Biden, the Democrats are definitely a pushback on Supreme Court decisions and like January 6th and states taking away abortion rights and all these things. They, they're, or polls like that. They're looking, they're, looking, they're looking at it in that sense. So it's not a uniform why people agree that it's on the wrong Yeah, track. no, there's and, a and lot think, of nuance in a question like that. Like but, why but, is it But polling it like that and saying this is how everybody oh, Joe feels. Sucks all, yeah, yeah, exactly. Again, toxic masculinity right there. Right there you ah. go. Uh, what's the next thing that you have on there? Uh, most important problem facing America. Oh, interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to jump over to mine. The question is, is, in your opinion, what is the most important problem facing the U.S. today? There's 12 categories here. If you take out other or I don't know, um, which I'm not going to go over, <clears throat> but uh, 12. I'm not sure if I'll do all 12, to be honest with you. I'll do the top five. Okay, do top five. Um, economy, unemployment, and jobs, 33%. Right. Um, environment and climate, 9%. Healthcare system, 9%. Crime and corruption, 7%. Immigration, 6%. And that's the top five. However, terrorism and extremists, 5%. Public health disease and illness, we're talking COVID, 4%. Uh, morality, 4%. Inequality and discrimination, 4%. Education, 3%. Energy issues, 2%. War and foreign conflicts, 2%. So I did them all when I said I was only going to do the top five. But top five are something that I like to look at because this is what's driving people to vote. So, so this was interesting. They asked about the state of the economy, and there's actually been a shift here for the better in the Economist poll. So, um, yours is most important issues. I'm going to cover some of the things in between there. Mm -hmm. So, only four percent of Americans said that it was excellent, and fifteen percent said that it was good, but twenty eight percent said that it was fair. So I thought that was interesting because that gives you a total of forty seven percent. Fair in terms of just decent. Fair or better, yeah. Mm -hmm. Fair or better, 47% of Americans would rate the economy at this point. That's mm -hmm. a lot better. And only 51% said poor. Mm -hmm. I know that when we were talking about in the state of play, it was like 70% of Americans thought that the economy was poor. Well, shit, yeah. So there's at least been some sort of movement uh, away from that sense. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, obviously Democrats look at things a little bit more favorably. Uh, they have... Let me see if 14, 18, 68 percent of Democrats view the economy as fair or better. Mm -hmm. um, 44 percent of independents do and only 29 percent of Republicans do. Mm -hmm. um, so you break that down. But yeah. So but they also so the, they kind of talk about the global economy. I'm going to cross that one because here's this is interesting. It's on the same line. They asked, are we in a recession? Mm -hmm. 61 percent of Americans said yes. Because the news is telling us all the time we're in a recession. Oh, we're right. going into a recession. And they think we are in. 61% mm -hmm. of Americans think we are in a recession right now. Oh, I'm just saying the news is usually telling us that, you know, any day now, any day now, any moment. 44% of Democrats agree with that. 61% of independents and 82% of Republicans. So happy to just say we're in a recession. Yeah, so inflation and recessions are different. So check this out. 
best indicator of an economic recession. Mm -hmm. They broke this down. 5% said the stock market index. Mm. 14% said the unemployment rate and jobs report. Getting closer. 38% said prices of goods and services you buy. (laughs) Your personal finances. 5%. Five percent. Oh, that depends on choice. <laughs> Weather economy is shrinking or growing. Twenty nine percent. And nine percent is don't know. Now the reality here is this is not shocking that Americans have no idea what an economic recession is. The reality is, and I think you, Govan, and the economists were kind of uh, sneaking how they did this. Elements of all of those things all combine to indicate whether you're in a recession or not. But they're not individually indicators of a recession. That's what I'm by saying. Themselves. Like higher prices can be inflation, right? right? And then you look at, right? You know what I mean? Like usually in a recession, you you tend to have lower prices because people can't afford shit, right? So people don't know. They think it's, and of course, they're looking at inflation as the highest at 38 percent, and 29 percent is where the economy is shrinking. Traditionally, the biggest These, indicators have always been. Not not the Wall not not Wall Street, but it's always been jobs, right? That's one of the big, the big which indicators is, which, that we've lived through during our which is amazing because it's only fourteen percent. I, I was just going to say, yeah. on top of what you're saying, I think that it is not a coincidence that the two highest vote getters of those one, two, three, four, five, five things that they put out there, including six with don't know, the two highest ones which totaled eight, which led to a grand total of sixty eight percent of mm-hmm. all respondents was the price of goods and services you buy and whether the economy is shrinking and growing, the two main things that you will see on any news channel being splattered over yeah. and over and over again, no matter right. what TV you turn on. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 110%. So, again, uh, an indicator that we are very much affected by the media and an indicator that the media does a very poor job at explaining, like, what... Well, educating. Yeah, educa- exactly. Educating. Um, they asked... If we're if a recession is likely in twelve months, twelve percent very likely, forty three percent somewhat likely, nineteen percent not very likely, twelve percent not likely at all, and twenty two percent not sure, even though that doesn't really add up to the people that said that we're in a recession right now. Yeah. So will we be in a, a recession? Oh, I guess they're asking in twelve months down the road, will we be in one? So like, you could believe basically you can say yeah, we're continuing into it. <laughs> okay. Um, Next one I have is Joe Biden's weekly job approval. Okay. Uh, before you do that, can I do this one? Yeah, because go ahead. job approval. Because um, I think this is interesting. Personal impact of inflation. All right, a lot, fifty-six percent. A little, thirty-nine percent. Five percent is not at all. So it's fifty-six to forty-four, and how inflation is hitting us. Um, this is something I found really interesting. People who make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year responded that. Inflation is impacting them a lot. <laughs> hmm. um, and then I wonder what their party affiliation is. Because... You know, I can see that. I'm, I'm trying oh, to think, I'm impacting trying to think them about a, it. Impacting them a you're making, lot? You're making over $100,000 a year. And so, in a lot of places in America, that's, that's a lot of money. You know, when you're looking at a medium of like 50, you know maybe 60,000 in certain areas and in, 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 in uh, rural areas. If you're making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, which means you're spending usually a lot of that money, you have, you have some, you have some expendable, you know, cash to go around every month. Okay, dude, 100. 100- so I think, I think I agree. I agree with the fact that it will probably be hurting people like that, like not hurting people like that way, but they're actually, can I, let, let me parse this. 
they're actually now being forced to make decisions where before if you're over a hundred thousand dollars a year in america you're probably not being forced into decisions yeah i I, some of these numbers though like don't don't add up that's my, that might be true no, but I'm, mean, just, I'm mean, trying to make sense out of it so they ask what are listen you putting, let me try to make sense out of something what, what are you putting off this year doing home repairs or maintenance 34 percent. doing car repairs or maintenance again 25%. choices people like to make receiving medical care 22 percent. buying new clothes <laughs> or other personal items 48 percent. going on vacation or taking time off 46 percent None of the above, 22%. Not sure. I, <laughs> I'm not sure what I'm I, 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 I know very few people that are not going on vacation. Like, I probably could count them on my hand. Um, but here, let me go to the 100K or more. Doing home repairs, 34%. Doing car repairs or maintenance, 19%. Receiving medical care, 16%. Buying new clothes or other personal items, 42%. What are we talking about medical care? Are we talking about medical care? I mean, are you talking about... Uh... You're telling me people, your people, people making six figures, 42% of them aren't buying personal things or clothes right now? I'm, why, why, I'm why, is the, why, is, why are things booming? Like, why are people getting, like, I just, you know, like, going on vacation, six-figure six, six well, Americans, listen, you and I see 43, the, 43% aren't You and going. I might see these things differently because, like, you know, you're, you know, if what's our indicator that things are booming in terms of just average sales? Because you can't just look at average sales for companies and across the board what because... I'm, People are charging more, so you can sell less and charge more. You're, it's got to be per units, and what that's I'm what you got to look at. What I'm saying is, the people who are making more than 100k are basically equal to, and their response is, people making under fifty thousand dollars a year. People making under fifty thousand dollars a year are already making hard choices, so they don't feel it as much as somebody. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, but they they don't. But I'm this, saying, listen, you have a carrot now. You don't have a carrot. You're going to be pissed off. If you don't have the carrot, Jimmy. This is everybody who makes more than a hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm not I'm trying to argue that point. All I'm trying, all I'm trying to say is that. Listen, people who make over $100,000 a year usually have more expendable cash than people making under $50,000. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. So, okay, okay, so but, the thing but that is, is when e they, they're equally reporting the has, same amount of hardship if, on these things. I agree with you, and that's dumb and stupid because this is where we're, this is first world problems. If you force me into a financial decision where I can either go on vacation or do a repair on my house, and I have to make the adult decision on what I should do first, people are pissed off that okay, they have to be okay, forced into not being able okay, to do both. That's all I'm trying to okay, say. Okay, look it. Difficulty affording gas. People making six figures, 19%. One out of five said they're, it's very difficult for them to afford gas. You're making six figures. Dude. They're probably driving Hummers, bro. What are you it's, talking it's, about? It's my category. It's probably a 56 gallon It's my tank, category. Bro. I'm a small business owner. That's my category officially, you know, gross. I'm telling you, it sucks to buy gas at the rate it is, but I'm not having a very difficult time affording gas, James. I'm... I, I'm just saying that that's an anecdotal evidence. I, okay, I, yeah, I, no, I'm, what I'm saying you is, know what I mean? I'm saying people making six figures to say that it's very difficult for them to afford Which you're gas. not taking into effect that these people are probably mortgaged to the hilt. They probably bought a house that they really can't afford. They yeah, probably, well, you know, then, 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 let's be honest. Then, then whose fault is that? When the economy, then whose listen, fault is that? In a free market cap, when the economy reminds you. inflation, is it? It's your dumbass economic choices. When the economy has reminded you that you might have made not good decisions five, 10, 15 year, years down the line, and you know what I mean? Then you come across like a period of inflation. Kay. You're like, oh my God. Listen, everybody went through a period of adjustment. High Kay. gas prices, it's like, okay. oh shit. Like, okay. I'm not okay. going out to okay. dinner. Okay, I got, okay. You, know I got I mean? you, I got you on yeah. this one. I got you All on right. this one. How come the next question, only 13% of them said they're having a very difficult time affording their car or car payments? So almost in half of the rate I'm having a very difficult time affording they gas. Have, they have to. They have to. They have to afford their their car payment. <laughs> yeah. They don't James, have to. Like, like all Americans, it makes no sense, James. I agree. I'm not saying. I'm it just makes no sense. Make sense out of it.
Listen, I think what you're dealing with They're is, saying 15, 13% say it's very difficult to afford food, James. Food, you have to buy food more than you have to buy gas. But it was twice the rate of I people making six figures saying... I think... I just... I think... I, it, can I tell you what I think it is? I think it's... This is what's on TV. It's what people are talking about. Gas prices. Inflation. They're just talking about the shit that they're supposed to be angry about. Well, I don't think they want to be... First off, let's, let's get the monkey out of, uh, out of the room. They don't want to have to pay to pay high gas prices. We are like spoiled children. When you when you, when it's out of a certain range and it's and then it's eating into my expendable cash, then no, there's a problem. Let's just be honest. That's really what it is. Okay, all I'm saying. Okay, this is what I'm. This is what I'm trying to point. I'm po- not okay. saying it's real no, hardship. No, 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 no. The point that I'm trying to make, guys, here is I'm I'm picking a specific group of wealthy Americans, people who make six figures or more. Okay, they didn't ask, "Does your household?" They asked if you did personally when they called. So chances are there's probably somebody else who's got a second income in that house. Or maybe it's just somebody who's alone, which means that that money is even, there's even less cost for them. They're not answering all. that question that way. They're, they're talking about their house. Okay, so this is, what I, this is what I'm trying to say. What I'm pointing out is the effect that media has had on how people are responding to these questions. The one thing out of all these questions that you see on the news is gas prices. I see, you see news people standing by gas prices, gas prices, gas prices, inflation, gas prices. You can't even separate inflation and gas prices because that's how we initially started talking about inflation. And I'm just getting a thing that the Senate has passed the uh, Reduction Inflation Act. Climate and Tax Bill. Climate and Tax Bill. We'll just call it that. It is passed. It is now going to go to the the House. House. (laughs) And then I'm assuming to the president's desk. Can we get a little clap on air? We finally got something decent passed. Man, it's just so moist in here. I'm pretty sure my hands will just slip off of there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> here's my point. The last one that I'm going to read asks for... I just, I, can I just... Is it difficult affording housing costs, James, such as rent or mortgage payments? It also tracks less in the very difficult category for six-figure people than affording to fill up your tank of gas. Jay... My point is this, I think that, I, I agree that I think this is trouble for some people, but I also know that some people just say yes because that's what they feel, because that's Fine. what they watch. But taking it lightly is not I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not taking it lightly. What I'm saying, what I'm saying what, is like, what I'm saying is if we take it lightly and like, let's say, I'm not just saying us, who are we really trying to persuade out here? What I'm saying is if anybody takes it lightly, who's trying to run for fucking office, you do it. No, 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 no. What I'm, what I'm trying to get out here, folks, is that... It's best not to tell people that their we're, perceived problems we're, are real we're problems reading, are not problems we're, at all. We're reading, we're reading polls of how people feel. Yeah. A number of these polls, they contradict themselves in the things that they want and the bills that they oppose. Yeah, we got that. And we're like, we're, we're like, are you stupid? Yes. And we throw that out there. And what I'm saying is maybe it's not stupidity. Maybe it is that they are, they are just by the media? hammered again and again by media sources that are not talking about things in an educational way. And what my point is, is not that people aren't struggling with these things, but when I look at wealthy Americans and the highest category of I'm having a very difficult time with this is filling up my tank of gas and that beats affording my mortgage, buying a new car, paying that car payment, paying for food, filling up your tank of gas is literally the least expensive of those four fucking things. But what is the number one thing that has been on the media ever since we started hammering this or we've been hammered with this? Gas prices, gas prices, inflation, gas prices, gas prices. And so now I'm looking in real time at people 
sitting there responding to something that makes literally no sense. There's no way it's very difficult for me to fill up my tank and it's less difficult for me to afford my mortgage on my house. I have a mortgage and I have a really fucking good one and I still hate paying it. And I know where most pe- people... most people are at. I know they where most... Like like, pay it. Okay, let me put it to you this way, folks. I'm giving you an, an, a national average. A national average. Okay? On the coast. Most people spend in one month on their mortgage what most people spend in one month with current gas prices over 10 months on filling up their tank of gas. So how you can say it's more difficult for me to fill up a tank of gas for 10 months as opposed to paying my mortgage for one month makes no fucking sense because you still have 11 months of mortgage payments after that and you've already passed up your year in taxes and you haven't even you haven't even met the, the threshold for even a fifth of the second month's mortgage. But people are so inundated with gas prices, gas prices, horrible gas prices, gas prices, gas prices, gas prices, that they're actually responding in a poll, oh, that's super difficult for me, yeah. And then and then answering that it's less difficult yeah, for me I, I to mean, pay off more expensive things. Listen, all I'm trying to say is like, I totally agree with everything that you're Ooh. saying. My biggest problem is, well, I'm not gonna get through, so it doesn't really matter. No, no, yeah, you will. No, no, I'm not, I don't even give a fuck. So let's move on. Let's move on. You don't give a fuck to explain it to the people? I stopped caring. I stopped caring a long time ago. (laughs) Thank you, guys. This is where James James. This is where James taps out. (laughs) Final show, boys. (laughs) Go to the approval ratings, James. Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. So are you talking about weekly drop approval ratings? This is sad. I see Joe Biden at 60%. When he started, yeah. When he started. Which is weird because he never even... And then it just swappies out. Um, Where does it swap at? Does it swap in August of 2021 with the the, uh, Afghanistan? Yes. Oh, look at that. What a shocker. August, yeah. August 4th, 5th. There you go. Yeah, the 11th, 12th, 18th. A whole new cycle right There you go. And and they haven't haven't stopped piling on since. We're at 38% um, disapproval. Or, I'm sorry, 38% approval rating now. As of August 1 through uh, 2, and 57% disapproval rating. I got Biden's approval for, approval for foreign policy. Oh, you got down into the nitty-gritty of it. Uh, yeah, I got his approval. For yeah, I have, a, I have the overall, like, 38% um, total approval and 57% total disapproval. I, I have his foreign policy approval strongly approving at 13%, somewhat approving at 22%. So that's a total of 35% of Americans who approve of his foreign policy. The man's expanded NATO, strengthened it, Unified the Allies and the West against Russia and China, uh, has stopped an invasion and a takeover of a of a European country, brought the world together on a fifteen percent tax rate, leading in climate, killing the, the killed the mm-hmm. killed the head of of Al Qaeda. The one the one remaining dude had survived uh, from the original Bin Laden days and planned the nine eleven attacks. And this guy's got a thirty five percent approval rating for foreign policy. Yeah, I think the next uh, next segment. Sixty-seven percent amongst Democrats. Seventy-two here. Twenty-seven percent amongst independents, and nine percent amongst Republicans. Yeah, we're we're around the same. Seventy-two percent uh, Democrats on this poll. This poll. Thirty-one percent approval rating by uh, independents. Ten percent by Republicans. Um, the most disappointing group in there for me is obviously the Democrats. I mean, we can't break 80% for this guy. Like, you know, he's been doing everything that you want. Or, or independents wake the fuck up. You, you're not... Independents are obviously the most confused voting block we have. No, that's true, but... Okay, I mean, can I, can the I, Republican voting block is the most corrupted in terms of the information that they're taking in and receiving. But Democrats who think that Joe Biden's not doing a good job, 
Um, I don't know what else he, you want him to do other than cancel your fucking student loan debts. Okay, can I? Can I? I want to. I want to run this one real quick uh, here before you go to your next one because I think it, it, it's it's in this vein of the foreign policy. Okay, maybe this is why his scores for foreign policy from this group of people that were polled are where they're at. Russia, friend or enemy, ally, 4% of Americans. Friendly, 5% of Americans. So 9%. one out of 10% of Americans think that Russia is friendly to us or an ally. Unfriendly, 29%. Enemy, 53%. Not sure, 9%. <laughs> Thanks for paying attention, kids. Yeah. Okay, but this goes on. Currently winning in Ukraine. Russia, 26%. Ukraine, 16%. Neither, 38%. Not sure, 21%. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there right now. If Russia does not take over Ukraine in its totality... They've lost. They've lost. Yeah. So that's all you need to know, folks. If they do not kill Zelensky and eliminate that government and absorb the entire entity into Russia, they've lost. Yeah, I agree. So... Because that was their goal coming in. Again, we're very confused. More likely to win. Russia, 33%. Ukraine, 22%. Equally likely, 15%. Not sure, 30%. Americans do not understand foreign policy. They do not understand what's going on. They don't understand the play that's out there. I don't think that's a new phenomenon either. U.S. government response to Russia, Ukraine, harshness. Should be tougher, 35%. The only way that we can be tougher is for us to actually put boots, soldiers boots into Ukraine. Boots, boots on the ground. Yeah. We literally have changed that war. Our intelligence is literally directly responsible for killing Russian officers and soldiers. We are telling them where to strike. I mean... We're doing everything but put boots on the ground. Yeah, I know. That's this is the this is where it gets. It Should be less crazy. tough. Fourteen percent is about right. Thirty percent, not sure. Twenty one percent. I mean, we're just. Yeah, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you speak. Oh, that's it. Um, that I was, that was it. I have nothing to say. Okay, I but, really literally have nothing to say. Like, it, it, it's frustrating that like you know something that 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 we should be paying a lot of attention to because. Part of the reason why you're paying higher gas prices, higher fuel costs, is because of this conflict. Right. Right? And I think the problem with it... Listen, here's the, here's the, here's the dirty little secret. Most people view prices at the pump as a black box. Because energy producers in this country have, have given us some pretty fucking weird excuses. Because we... Let's be honest. We don't either, un- A, understand the global energy supply and how it's interconnected. And we've been not told whether or not we're ignorant of it or someone hasn't sat down and explained to us this is how it works because it is a global energy supply now um so when you when you hear on the news right in california that there is a refinery fire in louisiana and prices at the pump go up three dollars and fifty cents let's be honest we lived in the early 2000s 90s where that was oftentimes the excuse a hurricane in the gulf coast cause gas prices in California to go, to go through the fucking roof when we refine a lot of the fucking oil here, right? I mean, we live in a place that has like, what, six refineries just around it, you know, within a 20 mile radius. So again, we obviously don't understand it. It's also another aspect of it. It's not a supply and demand type of thing, right? Where more people demand it, it should bring down the cost. This is what we've been taught in intro econ. That's not the case for global you know, supply when it's a 
when it's a resource, right? It's a limited resource and is treated as such. So more demand, demand usually means higher prices. Again, not something that we're taught. Right. So we don't understand it. And the energy producers in this country, the government in this country, I'm not saying the omnipotent or, you know, ominous government, and also like just our rabid curiosity of why are we paying this type of money at the pump? Um, we obviously don't answer those questions because we come with a preconceived notion that we ought not to be paying so high, right? Um, but at the end of the day, here's the thing. If, you, if you're not following the Ukrainian conflict, and you, again, I, I don't think you have to follow it as closely as you do, as Zach. Zach's into the fucking X's and O's, bro. And that's a good thing because I get most of my information from him in terms of the X's and O's. But you should be well aware that it is disrupting the global supply of natural gas and oil. Food. Food. Well, hopefully they've they've come to terms with it. You hopefully. know, in terms of you know, but even though the first day they the Russians shelled the fucking ship that was leaving the port. So all I'm trying to say is this is one of the this is one of the reasons why you are paying a higher higher supply. As as obviously the conflict settles into its current state, you're seeing a lot of the prices start to decrease now because we didn't know how much of an impact it was gonna have. Now you're also dealing, I just want to repeat this, you're dealing with an industry that if there is literally a fire or something going on in Louisiana, Californians pay a price. The West pays a price for higher gas. Like right. there's an interconnectivity that we don't oft, obviously understand. And I don't understand it enough to sit here and try to explain it to you because half of myself believes it's bullshit too. Right. But somebody can justify it down the line. But it's gotten to the point now where even you have the Biden administration. You have a lot of people in politics are saying, wait a minute. There's got to be something going on here. There's got to be price collusion or something. When gas stations are, or companies are suing gas stations for selling their, their gas for lesser of a price, undercutting, uh, undercutting uh, competition, usually is rewarded in this, in this uh, environment. We're now seeing lawsuits being brought against them because they don't want them to undercut prices. It seems like a rigged system. And I think people are pissed off at that. So you're seeing numbers all over the place about like, yeah, gas prices, because it does seem fairly rigged. It doesn't seem like it's something that they can understand. And no one's taught them that. And maybe, maybe that's what you do next is you, you start understanding the energy global supply so you can teach people, hey, this is how it works. Yeah. Because it's off, it's, it doesn't make sense what happens in Ukraine is affecting Torrance, California. Or what's happening in New York is affecting fucking um, Portland, Oregon. If only more than five people were listening to you right now, James. <laughs> Amen. That's why I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's your what's your next thing, Sam? Um, I mean, very the, very well said, brother. The White House's top priority. The White House's top priority should be. Yes. What should uh, the Joe Biden prioritize? Uh, the U.S. economy is at fifty nine percent. Employment and jobs. Focus. Employment and jobs twenty two percent. There it is. We have retired. So 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 wait on that poll. That's what um, people. Um, the second highest amount think that that should be the focus on. They're against this guy, but we talked we talked about the employment numbers. Never mind. Yeah, go ahead. And actually Sorry. being successful. I know. I can't, um, I can't right now. Immigration, 18%. The environment, 16%. Unifying the country, 15%. Coronavirus, um, 11%. Corruption, 11%. Taxation, 9%. Shows you how little fuck people give. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. One yeah. out of 10 people are like, oh, oh we, we've, about that. we've moved on. Yeah. Um, we've moved on from this. Um, racial inequality, 9%. And international trade, 1%. And I got to be honest, dude, other... Is holding at seven percent. Nice. All right. What else? Do we what do we got? What, what's your what's your poll go to after that? Um, it goes to the White House's top priorities by partisanship. So the U.S. economy, you have Democrats fifty three percent saying it should be our top priority. Republicans sixty six percent. 
not, again, not too far off. Right. And then independence, 64%. Okay. Employment and jobs, 19% Democrats say this should be a top priority. 22% of Republicans, 26% of independents. Oh, so they should all be supportive of this guy since they care the most about unemployment and jobs and the guy's breaking the jobs record and unemployment's down. Yeah. Nope, not yeah. good enough. Um, international trade, 1%. Republicans, 2%. Independents, 0%. Yeah. Taxation okay. is something that we're going to hear a lot of during the... During the midterms, you're at seven percent Democrats think that that should be a top priority. Eight percent Republicans, thirteen percent Democrats. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have the play that it used to have. That, no. that used to be a but big can one. I, can, can I start? Can, let's 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 do a disparity one. How, one that's which is which is which is probably why probably why most Americans, James, mm -hmm. didn't understand what the child tax credit was, nor appreciated it while it was here. The top the, the, until the, it was gone, then they were upset. The next the next four I think are telling. Okay, I'm going to leave out coronavirus because yeah. that's going to wax and wane as we go forward. Um, corruption, 77% 7 of Democrats think it's a top priority. 16% of Republicans think it's a, a top priority. And 8% of independents, um, which keep January 6th in mind. That's all I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, but the Republicans think it's a thing because they think Joe Biden's not the real president. The so. environment, 30% of Democrats think this is a top priority. 8% of Republicans believe it's a top priority. Independents at 9% believe it's a top priority. Right. So if you even combine those two, we're not even near you know, whatever the fuck. Immigration, this is another one. 5% of, of, of Democrats think immigration is the biggest, a top priority issue. 34% Republicans. Yeah, that's what's on Fox News. 17% Independents. Yeah, that's what's on Fox News. Unifying the country, 20% Democrats believe this is a top priority. 11% of Republicans and 9% of Independents. That's to me is, shows a disparity in, in, in where we want our, or what, where we want our country to go and how and where we think we're starting from. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in at this point. Yeah, please. Do. So, economist YouGov poll support Congress codifying Roe v. Wade. So that means even though it got overturned, this is the amount of Americans who would like to see Congress pass it into law, so that it it just supersedes you know the decision that it then it becomes federally protected. Yeah, and the Supreme Court can't touch it. Um, that number is fifty four percent. 54% of Americans and 30%, 38% oppose. Um, among that support, 77% Democrats, 55% independents and 28% Republicans. So that there's, that that's a, that's an issue right there to run on is what I'm saying. Yes. Why you get Kansas. Um, yeah. Which we haven't even talked about. Okay. Support Congress for codifying Lawrence v. Texas, which is the law that legalizes same sex sexual activity. So not marriage. Gay people can like fornicate so, with each other. The old sodom, sodomy laws yeah, that are it, coming back okay. into, into vogue now. Yes. Um, only 53% of Americans think that that should be supported or, or, or are in favor of doing so. I'm sorry, how many? 53% of Americans are in favor of Congress codifying that. Mm -hmm. So that being gay and having sex isn't illegal. That's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That you're gay and if you have sex with somebody else that you're trying to do is also gay, that that's illegal and you can go to jail or pay a fine. Yeah. Um, that's what we're fucking talking about in 2022. Uh, 71% um, Democrats support that. 55% independents. 28% Republicans. Mm -hmm. Again, another issue you could run on. Um, support for codifying Oger, o Obergefell versus Hodges, which is legalizing same-sex marriage, which they're trying to get done right now. 56% support. Strong, uh, support. That is 74% of Democrats, 60% of Independents, and 29% of Republicans. Again, an issue you might want to run on. 
And last but not least, codifying Loving versus Virginia. Oh, this is not the last one. Second last. Loving versus Virginia, legalizing interracial marriages throughout the United States federally so that nobody can go back on it. There is we're going to states right now. 74% for this. Okay. 85% Democrats, 74% independents, 63% Republicans. Scary to me that, yeah. Um, okay. That only 63% of Republicans support that is, is kind of frightening. That's less than two thirds. Um, okay. And then uh, codifying. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, codifying whether Griswold versus Connecticut, that's a law that legalizes contraception throughout the United States, okay, federally. Right. That has 72% support overall, 84% Democrats, 70% independents. And 60% Republicans, again, another issue that should be run on. These are all issues, by the way, that the Republican Supreme Court is looking and talking about overturning and taking away. Um, legalizing abortions. All right. Abortion should always be legal. 29% should be legal, but with some restrictions, such as for minors or late-term abortions, 32%. Abortion should only be legal in special. So, so basically, like, overall, is 61%. You know how most people see abortion law, all right? Um, approved of the Dobbs decision. This is a Supreme Court ruling to take away the constitutional right of abortion. There was thirty-eight percent approval, and there was uh, in this thing forty-nine percent disapproval, and thirteen percent of people who are not sure. Sixty-six percent of Republicans approve of the Dobbs decision. 30% of independents and 22% of Democrats. Whereas, whereas strong disapproval is, um, or disapproval in general is 70% Democrats, uh, 51% independents, and only 23% of uh, Republicans. Okay, just to, I'm just gonna put a little flavor on this. Capital takeover approval. 8% eight percent of Americans approved of the capital takeover. 9% somewhat. So a total of 17% of Americans approved of what happened on January 6th at the Capitol. One out of five. That's where we're at. 68% uh, disapproval and 15% who aren't sure. If starting, I'm not sure if that was a Beating up cops, killing cops, storming the Capitol was okay. 26% uh, of Republicans approved of January 6th storming the Capitol. Over one out of four. Oh, okay, that's where I'm going to leave that. Um, oh, the one thing I thought was interesting. Did Trump do anything illegal with January 6th? 44% of Americans said yes, 38% no, and 18% said they're not sure. Um, and then they asked, should Trump be charged for January 6th? 45% yes, 39% no. Four out of ten people think that an attempted coup by the President of the United States, there should be no legal charges for that. That is really where we're at as a country in a scary state for me. And 19% of people, sorry, 16% of Americans who don't know. That's, that's terrifying. That's fucking terrifying after everything that we've seen. Um, what else you got in there, brother? Um, approval rating of Biden's handling of the country's issues, right? So his, his top marks are COVID-19 with 49%. Because we decided to forget about COVID-19. Yeah. 
I wonder why um, we were able to forget about it. Oh, because he handled it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, not only that is, I think there has been a big decision of like letting it go. Um, and I think that's been a state by state sort of response. But, but we put a lot of things into place to allow that yeah, to be. Yeah, for sure. Capable. I agree. I agree. Um, the environment, 41%. Jesus um, racial inequality, 40%. Uh, employment and jobs, 40% approval. Oh, my God. Right. So that's that's one of his big marks, but yet he's only getting a 40%, 40% approval rating. Yeah. Like, International trade, 34%. <sighs> immigration, 33%. Gun violence um, and gun control, 33%. Unifying the country, 31%. Well, when was the last time we got a gun control bill passed, James? But even if it was skinny, yeah, this guy gets uh, no get credit it. for it. Taxation, 31%. The U.S. economy, 31%. Corruption, 28%. Uh, and inflation and rising prices, he has a 26% approval rating. <sighs> What's your next one? Partisans approval of Biden's handling of the country's uh, issue. Oh, yeah, fuck that. We already know yeah, where Yeah, I mean, we know fall. where that's going to fall. I think the, the biggest one is um, the U.S. economy, right? 61% of Democrats approve. Um, 11 Republicans um, 11% of Republicans approve and 18% of I think there's a lot of independents who watch Fox News, dude, even though they're Yeah, I do too. I think, well, I mean, independents traditionally have always leaned right. I um, mean, just the top two, employment and jobs. 71% of Democrats have have an approval rate, have, approve. 16% of Republicans, 32% of independents. So uh, that's something that you also might want to maybe try to run on too. Because if you can swing independents in any of these I swing mean, districts. The, da- the data's right there. Yeah. Um, but he has, amongst independents though, he's, he's, I mean, granted, it's not good. He's underwater, but, you know, 24, 24, 26, 31 percent on some of these issues, 40 percent on coronavirus with um, with independence. It's really hard to run on coronavirus because it's it is such a polarized um, topic now. But all I'm trying to say is there's room to make up there. There's I mean, you can you because you got to think out of the independence that 24 percent say approve. Right. There's going to be 16 to 20 percent that say, I don't know. You know what I mean? So right. if you can swing the twenty percent your way that do know and approve of you, and convince them, hey, come vote our, you know, come vote my way. I'm not saying Joe Biden, but just in terms of Democrats and selling it, um, you know, so be it. Uh, I think there's, I think you can play with those numbers. I just, I think, I think it's really interesting because you have. I don't know. I have a, tw- a twenty twenty two generic congressional ballot. Oh yeah, let's let's hear that. Um, all Americans. Okay, so thinking about the elect- elections in 2022, if the election for U.S. Congress were held today, would you vote for the Democratic or Republican candidate in your district where you live? All Americans, Democrat candidate, 35%. Republican candidate, 33%. Um, candidate of another party, 6%. Will not or do not plan to vote, 10%. And I don't know, right there at 16%. It's usually around 20%. Um, Uh, see here. These are pretty high. I don't so, so check this check from. this out, dude. Um, I got I got one that's kind of on that par with you. Mm-hmm. So, jobs and economy got. They asked what were the most important things, and everything that they asked are these important. Had over seventy percent. Mm-hmm. They list them out. Jobs and economy got twelve percent as the most important out of all of them. Yeah. Eleven percent Democrats, thirteen percent Independents, thirty percent Republicans. Immigration was six percent. One percent Democrats, five percent Independents, eleven percent Republicans. Yeah. Climate change and the environment, ten percent overall. Seventeen percent Democrats, nine percent Independents, three percent Republicans. Foreign policy, one percent overall. 1% Democrats, 1% Independents, 1% Republicans. National Security, 5% overall, 3%, 3%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%, 5%,
for Democrats and independents, 10% for Republicans. Yeah. Education, 4% overall. 5% Democrats, 4% independents, 1% Republicans. So that's weird how they don't give a shit about it anymore, huh? Mm-hmm. Healthcare, 12%. Uh, 18% Democrats, 11% independents, 5% Republicans. Taxes and, and, and government spending, 7% overall. 3% Democrats, 7% independents, 12% Republicans. Abortion, 6% overall. 9% Democrats, 5% independents, 4% Republicans. Civil rights, 7 a, a, Everything else went down. The biggest one was inflation and prices, 18%. 12% Democrats, 16% independents, 28% Republicans. You can tell where they kind of have their issue that they feel like they're going to run on. Um, all right, let's look at, you were just with, uh, political parties, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. A little generic, strong, strong. Right. Okay. Favorability of political parties for the economists you go pull. The Democratic Party, very favorable or somewhat favorable. It gets a 41% mm-hmm. rating. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got 27% favorable rating by independents, 8% by Republicans and 84% by the Democrats. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Republican Party has a 38% favorability rating. So down by three points there. It's got a 15% favorable rating by Democrats. They talk to in this thing. Uh, 22% by independents and 86% by Republicans. Biden's job approval here, 38%, just like you had. I had 74% of Democrats approving 28% of independents, 9% of Republicans. Mm -hmm. Um, There's, like you just said, 37% approval on jobs and economy overall. Uh, 41% approval on climate change and the environment. We'll see if that changes after this bill gets passed and signed. Uh, 40% approval on health care. 33% approval on abortion. I don't know what you want the guy to do. Right. Uh, 31% approval on guns. Again, don't know what you want him to do. Uh, his leadership ability. Well, I mean, on the Is abortion he a strong thing. or weak leader? 35% say he's a strong leader. Mm-hmm. 65% of Democrats, 27% of independents, 9% of Republicans. But he can go out and get all of our allies and muster all that stuff. It's just... I think I think the abortion thing is... is um, and this is, uh, I think the only legitimate thing that people can argue against it is he was, uh, for a period of his life, I mean, he's like still a staunch Catholic, right? He still believes in all things that Catholics believe. Right. Sanctity of life, all this. He, you know, he was one of these guys that was, was you know, he had, he had a lukewarm relationship with, with you know, pro-choice uh, movements, things of this nature. So I think that if you can criticize him on anything, it's the fact that, you know, he didn't say what you wanted him to say when you wanted wanted him to say it. Um, but at the same time, there's not much he can do. When the Supreme Court rules, the Supreme Court rules, and that's typically how it works here. And that's uh, it's you know, having a president that goes in front of people and you know cries, throws things, and stuff like that. I, I don't need that. I don't need another Trump. You know what I mean? Who's going to yeah. be ruled by emotions? I need somebody who's going to have a plan of attack. And that's my only other criticism of him is the plan was to vote, and that's all we have left. Um, and but I'm, I've, we've we've talked about it in the past where it just feels cheap when something's taken away from you. So I think I want to read one more little set here that we have left on the economic YouGov, and it has to do with the midterms specifically. There's about five or six questions here. I think this highlights how uninformed Americans are. And what a disconnect there is. So one of the things that you get from the polls is that Americans are highly pessimistic 
mm-hmm. about the state of things and they're upset and they're looking in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Right. So we would expect then that with these midterms coming up, that there's a lot of engagement uh, with these midterms who to vote for, because right. You want this to change. Yeah. So they asked Americans, how much attention have you been paying to the 22 congressional elections with the midterms coming up? A lot. 32%. A little. 45%. None at all. 23%. So Americans are upset about all these things, and less than one out of three are paying a lot of attention to it. Which just goes to show that we don't know how the change in laws get taken care of in this country. We don't. We really, really don't understand that. No, I, yeah, I totally agree. And, and, um, yeah. So, okay. And this is my favorite. Um, by the way, we should put out there that with tracking in the average of polls through 538, Democrats have about a 60% chance to win, keep the control of the Senate and possibly expand it. James and I put our conservative market 51, I think, and we put our high apple pie in the sky at 54 seats. Yeah. So 51 seats, which would be a one-seat expansion at the way things sit now. Um, and then the House, you know, with the gerrymandering and how s- Democratic states pass certain favorable maps that the courts shut down and then they follow the rules to Republican states pass maps the courts ruled against and then Republicans dragged their feet and went through procedural things and got to keep those maps regardless. Ohio is one example. Uh Florida is another egregious example. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina is trying to address theirs, which is outrageous. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is. It's going to be too late, but it's still going to get heard, which may be a thunderclap to overall federalism in general. Okay. But I just want to put those out there because it's 60-40 uh, Democrats to control the Senate, and it's about 80-20 right now. It's moved about 10 to 11 points in Democrats' favor, but with, this, with the deck stacked the way that it is in the House – that's where it still sits right now that Republicans would, would take control of the House. So 60-40 Democrats Senate, 80-20 Republicans for the House. That's where it sits if you're in the know. Mm-hmm. All right. Preferred 22 Senate outcome. Senate controlled by Democrats, 36%. Senate controlled by Republicans, 36%. Senate evenly divided between both parties, 14%. No preference, 14%. I, I don't know what to say to that at all. I, I just, mean, if you don't have a preference... I just... I don't... And why would you want it evenly divided? <laughs> I don't know what to say. That's that's a quarter... The no preference is a quarter of all independents, by the way. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a and really 20, hard And 28% of them want it evenly divided. Yeah. Because if it's evenly divided, then everybody's represented. Okay, so here's the best part. Expected 2022 Senate outcome. 22% Democrats win a Senate majority. 37% Republicans win a Senate majority. 13% stays evenly divided. 28% not sure. So by 15 points, our respondents believe that Republicans Republicans are going to win the Senate. wonder why. Okay. So remember, guys, it's 60-40 right now, Democrats, and everything that everybody's looking at. I just, I'm just i trying to point this out again by people just being in the know. Prefer- well, they're in the know. They're just not knowing. Preferred 22 House outcomes. Democrats control the House, 37%. House controlled by Republicans, 36%. House evenly divided between both parties, 12%. No preference, 14%. 
Shocker, it sounds exactly like the Senate preferences. Mm -hmm. Again, no preference. Independence, 27%. Evenly divided, 18%. Except this time they flipped. 28% want them Democrats to control the House as opposed to 27, where that was flip-flop, 27-28, the House. Okay, but here's where I really, you know, expected House outcome. 25% Democrats retain majority. 38% Republicans win majority. 10% evenly divided, 27%. Not sure. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a literally manifestation of everything that's been talked about on TV, except without a realization that things are adjusting to Senate Democrats. Um, yeah, the state of play, man. That's it, going into the midterms. We, um, still pessimistic, still angry, don't have any more understanding of how government works, don't yeah. understand all the things that have been passed for us or the impact that they'll have. Um, I, it's sad, Jay, because I remember a time when we were in high school and we were excited our senior year to be able to vote, mm -hmm. um, or after our senior, after we finished our senior year being able to vote. Um, and when legislation would get passed, you'd go on the news, it would report the legislation, what was in the legislation without anything on top of that. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you'd actually see administration get bumps one way or another, depending on whether the public approved of that I legislation like or not. And now people are so got their heads in their phone on social media and Twitter and wasting their time with all this other shit that careful. You sound like an old man. They they answer polls like this. Mm hmm. Well, listen, I give it up to people who are like, 28% uh, of the people don't know. I mean, I give it up for them for at least saying they don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the only, that's the only uh, saving grace that I have. In but, the, I, but, the, and, but these are the people I'm talking to. These are the people yeah. we're talking to. Yeah. Please. Well, no. but listen, it's, it's more your world than it is my world start, anymore. Start informing it, man. Yeah. It's more your world. It's like, listen, you're 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. You have some of the skin in the game that I don't have. I don't have student loan debt. Right. I don't have like, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to die, you know, anytime soon. I'm just saying you're going to spend a lot more time on this planet than I am in terms of, you know, a good 25, 30 years. You think you'd be a little bit more invested in the outcome of some of these races, especially when you're just so goddamn opinionated on your Twitters, your Instagrams, your Facebook pages about how things are. Yeah, you go on there and you just write lie, not true, not true. And you're getting that information from YouTube and other Twitter users who don't know shit. Go to the actual sources. Go to the actual data. Know that your, your current president has increased 9.5 million jobs in 18 months. Know that he's taken unemployment down from 6.4% to 3.5%. Know that they have passed the American Rescue Plan that did a whole bunch of shit that we're not gonna go into, that we've already talked about a ton because I'm wrapping up and we're limited on time here before we run out of recordable ability. Know that they passed a bipartisan infrastructure deal. Know that they passed a bipartisan bill that was specifically set up to stack the deck for us against China. Know that they passed a bipartisan skinny gun legislation reform bill. Know that they passed a bipartisan CHIPS Act which had the semiconductors to bring real manufacturing and good paying jobs back here that also help other sectors continue to be able to supply it in case something were to ever happen like the pandemic again. Know that we just passed the baby build back better, the climate and tax provision bill that just got passed today. 
know that they passed the bipartisan burn pit support. Military people, military families, know who voted for that in droves and pushed that across the line. Know about the bipartisan support against Russia and sending that economy into a tailspin. And it is falling apart right now. Don't let them fool you. It is. They are in despair. And what has happened in Ukraine based off of our support? Know these fucking things. Know about a unified NATO, an expanded NATO, about the Parrot Climate Agreement, about the G7, about getting 160 some odd countries to get on board with a 15% corporate tax rate so that places can't leave American jobs and take off and flee for better tax deals because mm-hmm. it's going to be a minimum everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. It's the same. So might as well stay at home, boys mm-hmm. and girls. Know it. Get invested. Pay fucking attention more than 32% of you. If you don't know, it's because you're not paying attention. Pay attention. Dear God, we have an election in three months. How about this? How about, I'll just say it succinctly. This will be the last thing I say this season. Stop being a revolutionary and start being a better citizen. That goes to, to the Republicans who think, you know, the, the three percenters or whatever the fuck it is. It goes to the Trumpers who think storming the, the January 6th Capitol was a revolutionary act. It goes to, to even, you know, people on the left who think that, you know, I don't believe in the system, so therefore I'm not going to partake in the system. How about you just stop trying to be a revolutionary and just, just see how it works when you're a good citizen. When you pay attention, you vote, you vote your conscience. And listen, if it doesn't win out, if you don't win the day, there's another election down the road. Yeah, two years later. You know, so stop being a fucking revolutionary. Stop pretending to be somebody who wants a revolution, truly wants a revolution. Because even out of the January 6th people, there's probably less than 1% that would truly want a revolution if you asked them. Yeah, yeah, I mean... and Just to, be a fucking good citizen. To James's point, there's another election two years down the road if you don't win. And wait to see what the opponent does before you start freaking the fuck out. And making all these comments. We waited to see what Trump did. Which was honestly a whole lot of nothing. You know, until January 6th came along. Outside of a tax code and some bailouts, which were good at the end and the thing. Not getting vaccines, causing that whole... I mean, it wasn't really ugly till the very end. uh, Because he didn't want to lose. But, you know, take a look-see, folks. Take a look-see. Everything that we just went down, I don't see anything communist or socialist about any of that shit. So this whole communist socialist destruction of America, where's it been? Yeah, exactly. Big fuck you to that. Wait and see what happens. Try and actually look at the data. Stop being a fucking keyboard revolutionary, a Twitter revolutionary, YouTube revolutionary. It's like it's like our parents' generation at uh, Woodstock. That's what January 6th is. Everybody, everybody that wants to be on the far-right conspiratorial, they were all there, except they weren't. And most of them that most of them that preach scapula are going to be in jail or on probation or have lost things that were fucking important to them. And none of them think it's funny when you talk to most of them. How about you talk to them and see how that went down where they sit now? You know, all the people that were raw, raw, raw or stood outside on the grass and filmed pictures in the background. Yeah, they're still all gung ho about it. They didn't actually break laws. See how the people who broke laws are feeling about all that right now. Yeah. All right, ma'am. That is our State of Play Part 2. We will uh, take a break for the rest of the month. We'll see you guys after Labor Day. And uh, we'll come hit you with our uh, State of Play, the midterms, uh, where we look at a bunch of... uh, We'll look at where the the polling is at that point in terms of generic ballots, uh, percentages of who's going to win each chamber. And then we're going to spend... 
probably each session going over maybe three or four different races. We'll, we'll cover the, obviously the big Senate races, and then we're gonna look at some house races in battleground states in different areas of the country, in the South, the Midwest, um, the East Coast, the Northeast, the Big West, West Coast. Um, we'll look at some battleground congressional districts, introduce you to the people who are running, and then um, just talk about what their priorities are, what they stand for, and, and we'll leave it up to you after that. I mean, we'll probably have some comment on, on that, um, you know, but, but we'll go from there just to try to, to, to inform you guys, to educate you on who's running where, what they're all about, um, what they've been about in the past if they're an incumbent or, you know, they worked at the state level, um, you know, and what, what they're running on now. All right. Jay, it's been fun, bro. Zach, been cathartic. Yeah, it's been frustrating. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, James just sounds defeated right now. Yeah. I feel it's like been, I feel like I gotta stop him from putting yeah. a gun in his mouth when he gets in the van. Liter- in the, there in the literally truck. has been no change since we started this thing <laughs> to when not that we were going to affect the change, but you know, things got really real, really real. Things got real, things got you know, rather important, really urgent. Um, we're talking about the you know, democracy be, being possibly gone in America, and yet we are still not informed. Yeah, yeah. We've had so, s- we've had so some, this has been fucking fun. Yeah, bro. we've had some yeah. movement, but but not a whole lot. Yeah. All right. Well, buddy. Yeah. I'll see you on the I'm flip already side. Up the fuck I know he's guy. already up and moving. All right. We'll catch you guys later. Uh, thanks for joining us for the first season. We look forward to catching you guys at the beginning of the next season. Keep listening to episodes. This is a great time for you to catch up. Give us some feedback. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's followed along. I think this has been a lot bigger than we thought it was going to be, even though it's still small town peanuts. Yeah. Um, over 600 plays yeah. in over uh, 12 different countries. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, blows blows our mind. Thank you, guys. All right, take care.